Live. Going live. Alright. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Longevity Channel. We're live. We have Richard Hart here. It's an exciting show. We have Brent and Allie. We have Alex. We have Max. This is exciting. Take it away, boys. Hey, everybody. It's Brent and Allie. You know me from my YouTube channel, Brent and Allie. You can find me on other social media. And we've started this channel that we have very high aspirations for and this brand just called Longevity, plain and simple, where we're doing everything that we possibly can and know how to do with the skills that we have, the knowledge and the networking that we have to make you think about how you can potentially extend your health span and lifespan as much as possible. So this is what we're super passionate about. So is Richard Hart, who we'll introduce here in just a moment, who's been a very passionate uh, longevity enthusiast for many years. He was volunteering for SENS uh, back in 2006. So he's been really, really busy with crypto and Bitcoin the last, you know, eight years or whatever. I'll let Richard give the exact time frame. He's got his own uh, crypto coin that he's created now, which is a CD product called Hex, which we'll talk about a bit. But um, I think it's really important for the cryptocurrency community and the rejuvenation, longevity, anti-aging community to co-mingle because we think very similar in many ways. And we're, you know, our goals and aspirations are actually more similar than people realize. So, um, so our longevity channel and brand is Rowan Hart, who just spoke, Max Anderson. Rowan Horn. Introduce- you said Hart. Oh, sorry. Rowan. <laughs> That's super Rowan weird. Rowan Horn. Sorry. Rowan Horn who just spoke, Max Anderson, and then Alex Kotoff, who runs uh, Transhumania, awesome, awesome YouTube channel with about 33,000 subscribers. Um, so without further ado, whoever wants to go next. I'll just, uh, I'll go and I'll tell, I'll tell Richard who I am, in case, well, you don't know, we just met tonight. I am the founder of the Eternal Life Fan Club, uh, Richard, so for a long time I, I've been obsessed with extending my life and I saw your interview with uh, Brent Nally and it was awesome and I agreed with so much of the stuff you had to say and Aubrey de Grey has also been a big inspiration to me and a hero of mine so I just don't want to die you know I just don't want to die um, none of us want to die right so that's that's the goal that's what's been my obsession for the last ever since like ever since like 10 years but really ever since I was a child I just hated the idea of dying so that's basically my background uh, my name is Alex Kotov. I run a YouTube channel by the name of Transhumania, like Brent said. Um, basically, what I work on is I go through all these different life extension technologies, and there's not a lot of information about there, out there about like what they do, how they're done, what kind of evidence do we have, how many people have published a study, what's, what are some companies working on it, what are, what's the stock price, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, what I do is I sort of intercompare all these technologies, see how they stack up against each other. And sort of try to formulate maybe um, like a system or a process by which we can do what Rowan just insisted. I insist we must never die. It's a, we must never. And I'm Max Anderson. Uh, I just started YouTube, uh, brand new. I got a whopping, you know, uh, less than a hundred subscribers. Max Life Extension is the name, and I am a marketing director uh, for my day job. And I do, um, I do a lot of research in, in longevity. I love longevity. I have a personal history uh, in longevity that I'm excited to share about. And uh, yeah. It's my turn. Yes, sir. <clears throat> All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Hart. Uh, 
I think the best thing that any human being can do is heal other human beings. So the most uh, rare thing in the entire universe is human consciousness. It's so rare and important that we literally invented uh, meaning and we invented mattering. And we, you know, without us, nothing matters. It's just stuff. So I think we live in a world where too many people focus on the electron and not the molecule. And now we don't have uh, enough progress in the physical world. And of the same thought is Peter Thiel. He, you know, spreads the same message and supports SENS and other longevity foundations. So, uh, you know, what if life is good and you enjoy life, you might as well stick around and do more. You can always opt out. It starts to suck. You can always kill yourself. It's always an option for you. You just want to have the option to uh, to stick around for a little longer and have a longer health span and enjoy life. And so many rich and wealthy people and powerful people, they just die losing the game like Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs knew or should have known that he was 40% likely to die of heart disease, 40% likely to die of cancer. And so what did he do? Straight died of cancer. Did he put any money or force forethought into preventing that very obvious outcome that happened to probably everyone in his family tree as high and as far back as you could go? You know, no, because people are just focused on doing whatever they're doing. So what you want to do is you want to sync up with people, build rapport, get your hooks in, whatever they like. Okay, you're into cars, all right. Let's talk about cars, all right? You're into electronics, all right? Let's talk about electronics. Now, now that we've done that and your cup floweth over, let's do this other thing which you're not doing yet, which is save your fucking life. You can still get rich saving your life. And if it works out, you know, it'll save the lives of millions of people afterwards. So even if the technology you're working on doesn't save your own life, it could save your kid's life or their kid's kids. So if you care about yourself or you care about your offspring or you care about a legacy or you care about humanity in general, we need these things to be solved, and they will be solved eventually. The question is whether your ass will be alive to experience it or not. So we need more people with more resources than we have doing what is in their own best interests, saving their own asses, building the technology that they will need 20 years before they need it, because this stuff is hard. Well said. Yeah. It's very well said, and that's why we brought Richard on for our second episode. The first episode we actually just premiered a few hours ago where we interviewed Dr. Jose Cordero. Uh, We actually interviewed him a couple months ago. We've done a lot of interviews, over 10 in the last couple months, and because of the way the YouTube algorithms work, we want to make sure that we had enough interviews built up where we could release them consistently. Um, And we want to do live streaming. We want to do some short videos here that are highly produced to educate people because the live streams and the long form interview format like we're doing right now is great. You can get a lot of content out there. You can have a very in-depth, nuanced conversation, which is what we've already started and hopefully we'll do during this live stream. But not everybody has those type of attention spans. In fact, most people don't. Most people, you know, are like goldfish these days or, you know, maybe they can last five minutes. So we hope to produce some high quality content about rejuvenation technologies that's maybe you know three five seven minute clips on this youtube channel as well too and uh i just really really appreciate richard coming on and his SciVive uh telegram group is fantastic even if you're not on telegram this is a reason to join telegram because i can't do it every single day because i'm working my ass off but um it's just constant flood of positive good information about health intelligent discourse 
you'll have some dummies come on there, but they get squashed out, you know, through intelligence. Um, over time, might take <laughs> might take a few people longer than others. And Richard, you and your team do a good job of moderating. But if you haven't joined Telegram, even if you have, either way, go to SciVive on Telegram, join the group. It's a great way to learn about information. And then also go to YouTube and subscribe to uh, Richard's new YouTube channel called SciVive, S-C-I-V-I-V-E. And there's also a book that you can read for free on the Telegram group as well called the same thing, SciVive. So I really want to encourage people to do that. Yeah, the book, the book is primarily concerned with getting synced up with you and getting your cup to flow with over and giving you all the things you want now, which is sex, drugs, rock and roll, money, power, respect. That's the focus of the book. And then at the end, it's like, okay, now that you've got that stuff going for you, maybe work on this thing, right? Because what I've noticed is if you try and come straight up and tell people that, uh, you know, wish people would live longer, something like 5% of people is okay with that. Maybe one, maybe five out of a hundred people will be like, yeah, that's a good idea. The rest of them, they hate the idea. They hate it because they don't understand it. They think you're going to get old and stay old forever. The tithinous error. Nope. doesn't work like that. If you're already old, we can't help you. Keeping young people healthy is a lot easier than keeping old people healthy. So we can keep you young for longer a lot easier than we could keep you old for longer. But they don't understand that. You know, they think that uh, dictators will live forever. Nope. Very dangerous job. They get the shit killed out of them all the time. And it's not from old age that they're dying. It's from other things. But they don't, they don't know that. They just talk whatever you know, silliness is already in their head. They say things like, oh, I'll get bored. Will you? Will you get bored, though? Tell me what you ate for lunch four days ago. You can barely remember. Your memory's not that good. You're not going to get bored. And by the way, if we have all these medical technologies to solve these hard problems, boredom might be an easier problem to solve, right? Um, so if I think it's easier to stealth mode promote medical research progress through things people don't play or hate you on. Like, okay, I want kids to stop dying of cancer. And so we work on cancer. It just happens to cure all the cancers. Okay. I'm, I'm tired of women getting breast cancer. Okay. So, and then you get the funding and you fight the things, but then they have side benefits of fighting everything else as well. And I think it's a better way to do fundraising than straight up. I mean, look, look at how much money SENS has generated and compare it to any other charity. I mean, I, I would be very surprised if I can't find a poetry charity that has out-earned uh, the life extension charities, all of them put together. And that I could do that for probably any charity, right? Food, homelessness, breast cancer, ball cancer, anything, absolutely anything has outperformed. And so after you've done this shit for like 10 or 12 years, at some point you have to go, okay, it's time to pivot. The public doesn't want this. Okay, well... We need to fucking get the same research funding from the same people, but with an excuse they like better. You're doing the same damn research. You're just giving them an excuse that they like better, right? We're curing kids' cancer. Okay, yeah, we'll cure kids' cancer. And we're going to cure all the other cancers too, you know? Like, so I'm just, I mean, this is kind of crushing for you guys that just started new channels that have longevity in the name and stuff. When my, like, core ideal point is that that doesn't work and it's never worked. And so you should try it <laughs> calling it something entirely different. 
We'll consider uh, it. We'll consider yeah, so Richard, on that note, um, the reason we're calling it longevity actually has to do with the way the YouTube algorithms work. And uh, mm-hmm. Alex can can kind of maybe share a little bit more details there. But your point is very well taken. I think that we open need to- another channel with another name. I'm just saying, like, I, yeah. if you care about generating money, like, if you just care about talking about longevity, then sure, like, people that look for longevity will find you. But if you care about getting rich people to write you checks. This particular moniker has been proven to suck for a long time. Unfortunately, yeah, so we, we I, I agree with you. We think that rejuvenation is probably a better word than longevity. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, a YouTube channel I think could be a good name. Could be solving the aging problem. Um, like there's a YouTube channel I really like called Solving the Money Problem. He primarily talks about Tesla, and and I'm a Tesla investor and like to keep up with the news and. I think it's the most entertaining and intelligent way to keep up with the news for me personally right now, solving the money problem. So, um, you know, like Naval Ravikant's a famous guy who said, you know, solving the money problem won't solve all your problems, it will just solve your money problems. And, you know, with the same idea, it's like solving the aging problem won't solve all your problems, it will just solve your aging problem. It'll which solve is, the most important, it'll solve the most important problem. It is the most important problem on the planet. Aging kills about 110,000 people every single day. And it doesn't just kill them, it's normally like lots and lots of years of physical, emotional, and, uh, you know, financial stress leading up to that. Not only for you, but for your family as well, too. It's if we do end up curing aging as a society, we'll just look back on what life was like before that and be like, my goodness, how did these people you know, live like this and justify this and make up religions and all these thought processes to justify all this? It's just craziness. So I don't want to hog the conversation. I've been chatting for a yeah, while. Yeah, so uh, Richard, uh, I, I want I to tell our audience a little bit about uh, longevity escape velocity and what that means for them. So if you... Imagine how many things you could solve with more time. A lot. Imagine if the world's most productive and successful people were still around kicking ass, like Alexander Graham Bell and Thomas Edison and Nick, Nikola Tesla, etc. The world would be a much better place. We wouldn't have as many problems. Um, but those people die when they're at the peak of their knowledge, the peak of their experience. They die. They become worm food. That sucks. It's a huge tragedy. And these are the people that create whole new industries. You know, they invent the transistor. And now, look look at what that has done to the world. Now we have computers and cell phones and televisions. And so if, uh, if you want to live in a world full of wonderful things, people have to build those things. And it takes many years to get to the skills needed to make these paradigm shifts. And... Uh, it's tr- just straight tragedy that people die so early. So if you can, this theory is, well, first, if you cure aging, you're still going to die by accident anyway. You're not immortal. You die on an average of about 600 years old. Uh, second, uh, if you can cure a year of aging every year, then you can actually just prolong your life for a very long time. However, that statistic is a little bit misleading because every, you know, your risk profile of what is likely to come and kill you is different from someone else's risk profile because you have different genetics and different life experience and different epigenetics. So in order to actually cure aging, you have to cure everything. So if you, if you cured heart disease on its own, you only live three years longer, even though that kills 40% of people. If you cure cancer on its own, 
you only live three years longer, even though it kills 40% of people because the next stupid thing comes and kills you because it's a decaying system and those are side effects of the decaying system. So you actually have to either stop the system from decaying and causing all those pathologies or cure all the pathologies. <laughs> Easier to do the, reju the rejuvenation than it is to cure all of those things. Uh, just like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, you know, in longevity tech, it's kind of the, the same stuff. So you, you've got, there's this quandary where if you advertise that there's some thousand-year-olds, there's some people walking amongst us that will live to a thousand already, it opens up like an interesting thought experiment in people's heads and maybe they'll want to become one of those people. Or, or... It could cause them to go, oh, somebody else is already taking care of it, so I don't have to. I can keep fucking around and working on F1 race cars. That's possible. And you'll, you'll get both, right? And so what I know right now is that there are not enough people working on science. There are not enough people working on biology. Look at what COVID did to us. Now, did anyone know that was coming? Yes, everyone knew it was coming. Everyone knew it was coming. If you watch the movie Contagion, everything that was in that movie happened. Hey, look, a bat created a, created a virus, started in China, and then you had lockdowns where states were locking down and countries were locking down. And there, like it all, everything that was in the movie basically happened. And now we just, the movie came true, right? And Bill Gates is when in TED Talk 10 years ago. Paltrow didn't die, though. So not true. everything. She's still alive. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure she's totally brain alive. I'm not sure her brain is completely there still. <laughs> yeah. She says some stupid shit. Um, so if it, we knew this was coming, hundred percent knew it was coming. We've had it pandemics dozens of times before in recent history, fucks people up, right? We had SARS, we had MERS, we had the Hong Kong flu, we had all these different things. And then people just get complacent and they don't care. And they want just in time inventory with no robustness. And then something happens. And, and then the stock markets drop six Sigma event which is like never supposed to happen. Well, there it happened, right? So people don't understand these tail risks. These things are supposed to be improbable. They're more probable than people think. And people just don't work on it. And it's so goddamn dumb. Think about how much money was lost due to not being prepared for this. And how much money is continuing to be lost because we don't have the solutions that we need right now. You know, we need more temperature monitoring. We need more isolation. When you go to the emergency room, there needs to be a fever ward for contagious people and a ward for people that aren't contagious that just got in a damn car accident and broke their leg. And there need to be two different entrances. They don't need to be sitting next to each other. So now a guy that just got in a car accident and broke his leg, now he's going to get sick too because you're not smart enough to have two fucking entrances because you have two different types of problems. They do that in Asia. They do that in China. They're smart enough to do it there, not smart enough to do it most other places. Because they have had to deal with SARS before. And the West did not, and therefore the West is getting fucked up. You know, Italy didn't have to deal with SARS, and then Italy got its ass kicked. And the United States and New York is getting its ass kicked, you know. So there are better ways to do things. Uh, you need to actually do them better, right? So the question was longevity, escape velocity. Yeah, we can get there, and we will get there one day. I would like to be around for that to happen. So for me personally... I want to transition out of the, you know, revolutionizing finance thing that I'm doing now with Hex.Win and move into the longevity thing, which has been my core thing for 15 years, right? Like, that's what I really know matters. That's what I care about. If my net worth increases 10 or 100x, my life will not change. Nothing will change for me. 
the bank account will look different. So what? Like it hasn't it hasn't mattered for the last ten or fifteen years. It's not going to matter for the next ten or fifteen. But medical technology being there when I need it, that will make a damn difference. So that's that's the goal. That's the most important thing anyone in the world can work on is the technology that will save them, their loved ones, and their parents and their pets. I 100% agree, Richard. And uh, I want to know when when you first decided. When was when was the first thought you had that like, okay, I don't want to die of aging, or when did you realize that aging was such a problem and you wanted you to ever have a life an existential you ever have crisis, like a, a near death experience, like uh, almost died and then came to the realization, sort of an epiphany, yeah. a nirvana. I call that the, the close to death club. A lot of people who come close to death end up in this life extension field and they want to live, you know, they, they, they know fully that. appreciate their life now that they came so close to death. Interesting. Yeah, I it's, didn't it's know not, that was To, to be clear, it's not, for me, from my experience, sorry to interrupt, it's not always like a close to death. It's just like a huge health scare. That's what happened for me when I was 20. Turned out I was just like partying and drinking too much in college. So I had like chronic diarrhea. I got tested through Western medicine, you know, they stuck their finger up my butt, sent it off to the lab, you know, uh, no diverticulitis, no Crohn's disease. You're good to go, Brent, you're healthy. And it's like, I'm not, I have chronic diarrhea every day, this is awful. And deep down, like, I knew that I was drinking too much, partying, I wasn't like an alcoholic, I was just having a good time in college, drinking like five nights a week. So I saw a naturopathic doctor, I stopped drinking, uh, for a month and completely and went on like a vegetarian diet ate really healthy what do you know I'm young all got better but that was my wake-up call and then I also read Singularity is near by Ray Kurzweil the next year and then boom I've been hook line and sinker since 2006 and longevity <clears throat> transhumanism just any way that we can improve our health so Rowan sorry to interrupt but like for me that that's kind of my story and every to me everybody has like some kind of a story as similar to that is yeah. why they're interested in longevity or if it's not something that happened to them it's some kind of a memory that happened to a loved one there's yes. so richard what's like when did you start thinking about this My, mine's really uh i don't know less exciting i was uh in middle school and the internet had just came out and some guy had a website he said he was like the smartest guy in the world uh you know if you could buy anything in the world, what would you buy? And he was like, immortality, something along those lines. It was either phrased in that way or like, what is the most important thing in the world? And then he was like, you know, living forever. It was one of those two phraseologies. And I was just like, yeah, it seems to make sense. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a no brainer. Right. And then I just had that, I mean, that obvious opinion. I mean, they just recently asked a, an artificially intelligent machine the same question. And his answer was the same. The AI's answer was the same, like to survive, you know. Um, so it's it's so damn obvious that people are programmed to pretend that it's not obvious, right? So so if you had the option to have a, a great body, everyone would say, yes, I'll take the great body. But so many people are afraid that it would make them feel regret that they didn't have a great body, that they do the sour grapes, pretend that they didn't really want it. I don't really want to look great, you know. There's already so many great-looking people or some other cop-out bullshit like that. And to a degree, I think transhumanists are those same type of cop-outs because they future, what they do is, here's work you could do today where you could get funding and do things and make a difference 
today, now, work that can be done now. And what they do is instead they shift their focus to a future so far away that you can't actually do a fucking thing today. And then you can't feel bad about not doing a thing because, hey, what would you do anyway, right? So they talk about uh, mind uploading. You can't do it. You can't upload your mind. Why? Because your memories and your consciousness is not a system on top of meat. It is actually the meat itself. So until you can print meat in the exact same chemical composition as the meat that you have now, you cannot upload your mind. You, the meat is the memory. So, you know, <laughs> it's Thank like... You. Uh, I love that. I've been saying that like all the time on my YouTube channel. I'm I, More than any other transhumanist I've seen, I bash the idea of mind uploading. I think it's such a huge distraction and waste of uh, mind. Yeah, it just consumes smart people's effort. And yeah. it, it takes use... that they'll never earn the right to have. If you want to have the problems that transhumanists ad address, you need to solve the aging thing now because it is what is coming to kill you. And when you see Ray Kurzweil die, and his ass looks a year older every year, when you see him die, maybe then you'll shut the fuck up and be like, oh yeah, he was one in a long line of dead-ass transhumanists who were dead as fuck because their stupid idea didn't work. They were focused on the wrong fucking problem. They're focused on the problem of people of which they will never be. You are only going to get to solve these cool AI bullshit, you know. We've got a, a bunch of extinction level events that are coming for us. We will be struck by a meteor. It will extinct all life on Earth. Fact. We have to catch them and move them before they get here. But the probability that that happens right now while you're alive is very low because they're so rare. But the chance that you die of heart disease and cancer is 80 plus percent. You're going to fucking die from that. You're not going to die from the meteor strike. You're not going to die from the pandemic. You're not going to die from most things. You are going to die from the, the whimper, not the bang. The, the cancer and heart disease is coming to kill your ass. Everybody needs to focus on that shit, earn some extra years of life, and then fuck around and spend those extra years solving all the future fantasy problems that are so fucking far away that it's not even funny. <clears throat> So there's this term called a longevity dividend, and essentially the longevity dividend means that uh, once you've invested in just extending your life just a little, just a little bit, the extra amount of like technological breakthroughs that'll happen during that tiny extension is going to allow you to create even more extensions and even more extensions, and eventually you get this kind of break breakaway system. But um, you're definitely right. Most people, especially transhumanists, don't recognize that there's a hierarchy of priorities. That's why I think existential risk analysis, uh, even at the like at even at the level of the population is important such that people um, they'll, they'll talk about like super volcanoes. And I do believe climate change is important, but um, if you've got this population of uh, uh, this, this um, silver wave of so many people getting old and us not having children anymore, and these people aren't allowed to contribute to the economy, uh, we're eventually going to hit a point where there's not enough people being born to take care of the people who are old and things you don't, you do not want to see what the uh, economic aftershock of that will be. So the, our goal should be to, our first goal should be to get these people back to work. But now here's, a, here's, a, here's another problem. Uh, I, I'm sure you've heard this one often too. So the origins of uh, transhumanism, life extension, this whole umbrella, uh, some people say it goes back to alchemy, like the philosopher's stone, the, uh, the elixir of life. And uh, people have this conception that it's some kind of utopian goal. Uh, all these Chinese emperors were taking mercury to extend their lifespan. When that's the last fucking thing you want to be taken to extend your lifespan. Then you had the, uh, of course, uh, um, all these uh, snake oil salesmen who said, "I can make, I can extend your life." So maybe t um, 
what, what, what can you tell to our, what can you say to our audience that'll let them know that it's different this time? What, what's, what's happened? Uh, what's the well, difference between now and what's happened in the past? The theories of aging, uh, curing aging. Sure. It's very obvious that we live longer now than we used to. And why is that? Is it because aliens came and landed and, you know, probed enough of our butts that now we all live longer? Nope. That's not why. It's because the shit that we're doing in medicine works. We see a problem and we put money and time and smart people and resources into that problem and then the problem gets solved. So some things have been cured. You're not going to meet somebody with polio. It's pretty much gone. Bill Gates pretty much eradicated guinea worm, which, you know, in the West, no one cares about that. But in third world countries, that used to kill a lot of kids. Um, so we get good at what we focus on. And, you know, certain things are not, you know, actually, so let's talk about alchemy. Alchemy is where people try to turn lead into gold. It didn't work out for them. But you can actually turn lead into gold through electron bombardment. It's just extremely expensive. So alchemy does actually work, uh, and it, it didn't used to, but it does now. It's just really expensive. So it's like, <laughs> yes, you can create diamonds, and they're better than the shitty diamonds that come out of the earth. And yes, you can create gold from lead. And yes, you can make huge gains in human health and ability if you put the goddamn money into it instead of whatever the fuck other stupid things you're putting your money into. And it is mostly stupid fucking things. I mean, I'm surrounded by a lot of stupid things, right? <laughs> but for social signaling, this stuff's really important because this means that what I say matters more than somebody that doesn't have all the trinkets and opulence and bullshit. It's, it's communication weighting value is more important than it's just like aesthetic looking at it value. So, I mean, think about, think about how many hours a day women put into their looks. Two hours a day, hour and a half a day, I mean, you're only awake 16, and if you count how many you've got free that aren't consumed with transition time, driving to where you want, driving back to where you want, working at a job where your movement's restricted, I mean, how many hours of actual free time do you have? Let's call it, you started with uh, 16, maybe you've got like nine and a half with work and transition and stuff, so now you're down to what, like six and a half hours? I don't know. But, it's hard to do live stream math, but, uh, you know, one and a half hours might be 25, 30% of your free time for the whole fucking day. Well, that ain't so good. Like that's, you're not getting that time back. And when you go to sleep and you wake back up, you're gonna have to do all that shit over again. So in effect, like women, they live longer than men, but when you subtract out the doing makeup, I'm not sure they do actually. <laughs> I mean, I hope they're thinking of something good when they're doing their makeup because that, that's a huge fucking expense. That's why I love this COVID work from home thing because so many meetings needed to be turned into emails and people were just wasting their fucking time. And now people are wasting their time less because you don't need to get dressed, put on your makeup. These video conferences are doing, this shit would work just about as well without the video. If we weren't putting it on YouTube, this could be a conference call. And then we don't have to be wearing clothes. We don't have to be doing fucking makeup. And then how many hours are saved in the world, right? <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. They say time is the the universe, the world reserve currency of the universe. So every every so, every minute you waste, every second you waste. It's the oh. only thing we all have in common. We have different skills, different abilities, different opportunities. We all have the same number of hours in the day. 
unless you're a girl that look. <laughs> uh, on on that note, a story that I should probably tell more often is uh, I told you around 2005 I had this health scare personally, but what was way more impactful was my dad's mother was just deteriorating slowly over the course of like eight years from maybe 2000 to 2008. She started smoking cigarettes when she was like 13 and she developed COPD, emphysema, Parkinson's and she was on eight medications at one point, eight pharmaceuticals. I saw her uh, totally hallucinate and see a masked man with a skull mask on robbing somebody in our cul-de-sac outside our house when I looked out the window and nothing was happening, birds were chirping, she was just hallucinating. And it was so horrible to watch this woman who I looked up to so much and was such a strong, empowered woman that raised my dad and my aunt as well, my dad's sister, just deteriorate slowly. And we had to move her to our nursing home that was about two miles from our house, move her away from her house that was an hour and a half away. Meanwhile, you know, her husband, my grandfather died when I was nine of a of a stroke, but at least he went out fast. And just watching my dad have incredible compassion because his sister, the only other sibling, my dad's sister, she's lived in Dallas the last 40 years and I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. But watching my dad have compassion and care and take care of my grandmother through this time and, and instruct us kids, me and my brother and my younger sister and my mom on how to care for her and why it's still important and um you know sometimes it was honestly frustrating you know that i was giving up maybe going to play more basketball or hanging out with friends or playing video games or whatever i wanted to do as a high school kid to just go visit my grandmother and when she got really close to the end of life the last couple years i'd before i'd leave her at her nursing home i'd say you know grandma is there anything i can get you before i go and her answer would always be and this is like a family joke now time just more time that's all she wanted she knew that she was close to the end and that has had a pretty big impact on me and i haven't told that story enough like on youtube and stuff but yeah she knew she knew she was almost done and uh, she saw herself wither away and we even had to blend up everything in a freaking vitamix blender to soup you know the soup setting on vitamix at the end because her lungs were so bad she couldn't even eat normal food you know she didn't want to die <laughs> you know nobody like richard already said no healthy human being or actually no healthy organism that's living wants to die i even saw this documentary on youtube in like 2011 they created a computer program and program programmed into like some kind of evolution into it it's just like boxes and squares and simple geometric patterns and they evolved like these squares turned into like bigger squares and eight smaller squares Conway's game of life game of none of them wanted to die they all wanted to survive it's it's programmed into the laws of nature it appears Mm -hmm. so nobody wants to die anybody's telling you they want to die i think they're just full of shit or they're wrong and if they are true then as richard already said too nobody's forcing you to live like go ahead and die. it's the perfect opportunity to, to talk about the movie slogan from Ex Machina that said there's nothing more human than the will to survive. Have you seen the movie Ex Machina? Yeah, it was cool. Um, so about 3.5% of people said that they had suicidal feelings the previous year. So uh, And it is really 
uh, unfortunate that so the reason the reason that we're robust as creatures the reason that all creatures that have sex are robust is because we generate variety and that variety causes things that are better adapted and things that are worst adapted so we get Usain Bolt that's really fast and then we get retarded crippled fucked up people as well we get both why because we have a wider variance of attempts at different stuff other creatures and living things have tried to do it other ways by just making clones and then you don't get the variation and then you don't get the excellence and then you don't get the robustness and then you don't get the survival so suicidal thoughts and other types of weird fucked up brain problems kind of comes from that system of variance right um and you, you even have variants outside that system, like extra variants, right? Like, yeah, we wanted this to be different like that, but actually it was even more different. Now it's fucked up. So it's it's hard to it's hard to speak accurately about things and still be compelling. Because if you add all of the exceptions, you just can never get through a sentence. So yes, some people do want to die. It's unfortunate. Most people do not, and most things that are alive do not, because things wanting to die has been outperformed historically by things wanting to live. And therefore, most things that are alive prefer to be alive since they're not working against themselves, right? So it's, 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 like, uh, it's like a tautology. It's like something that's true in its own terms. It's, it's, if, you, uh, if, you <laughs> if you have a, a, a measurement to get on a ride at a fair and you have to be this tall and then you go to the fair and you're like, look at all these tall people, only tall people like these rides. Well, not really. It's just that we had this filter earlier, you know, and that's how wanting to live kind of is. It's like this filter. So yes, there, there have been historically lots of people that have wanted to die, but in general, they kind of get opted out of the gene pool because, you know, they don't tend to, produce viable offspring that survives as often as people that do want to survive, you know? And another thing which I haven't uh, popularized yet, but I think I might, the two things that I like want to throw in the book are one, conspiracy theories are never profitable. Even if they're true, believing in them is profitless to you. You will never make a fucking dollar on it. So you should probably focus on the other stuff that is also like Gmail reads all your email. That sounds like a conspiracy to me, but no one gives a fuck. <laughs> uh, you know, your phone tracks absolutely everything you do. When you pick it up, when you put it down, if you put it down on your desk, it can read your keystrokes through vibration and the accelerometer, you know. Uh, <laughs> but does anyone give a fuck? No one gives a fuck. So these things that are obviously ruining everyone's security and, and privacy, no one actually gives a fuck about, but they'll spend all of their free time after work dreaming about less powerful conspiracies <laughs> historic conspiracies in the past and fucking like bill gates is coming to kill you with the uh, <laughs> you know so you're using the computer that bill gates built for you to tell him what an asshole he is for being the best philanthropist mankind's ever seen in history <laughs> thanks for building this for me bill by the way you're a child murdering piece of crap these and you know because they watched a youtube video by another broke fucking mongrel that doesn't know anything just so one, the conspiracy thing. Two, is that you aren't actually yourself. There's many different versions of you. You ever you ever couldn't remember the name of somebody that you know, 
and you know them, hang out with them, spend time with them, but you just can't fucking remember their name. And then hey, hey, did I do that earlier? I called it uh, Rowan Rowan Hart. Yeah. I just like yeah, I heard that. those two names. I don't know. I don't hardly ever do that. That was really fucking weird. Yeah. You for it, calling it me out. Sorry to interrupt, uh, Richard. I love That's hearts, fine. by the way. Nothing. <laughs> so, if you if you become if you become aware of the fact that you are actually like a state machine, and you have different states, there's not really a you. Like if you put me out in the sun and the sun's beating down on me, like microwaving me. I'm going to be very quick to anger. If I'm sleep deprived, very quick to anger. Uh, if I stub my toe, very quick to anger. If uh, if I'm tired enough, or you know, like if I get through the angry tired, then I can get to the delirious, funny laughter tired. Now, what does this mean? It means that you, that you think is you, presented with the same problem, will come up with different solutions based on what movie you watched two nights ago, how people treated you earlier in the day, what temperature it is, you know? Like some days you just have brain fog. All right, what the fuck is that? It's like, I don't want to engage. Okay, well, where, where's that shit coming from? But then other days you're like crystal clear and sharp. Well, what? why the fuck is it different? And you are still you. And so really all you is is the probability of future behaviors. So if you're likely to have this range of behaviors, then that is what we will consider you. And if you stop having the likelihood of those ranges of behaviors, you're not the same you anymore. You know. So some people go from good to evil. Some people go from evil to good. Some people come from uh, go from being useful to actually harmful. Um, I, I just always th- I thought that would. It seems like when you respect the fact that you are the result of your circumstances, and that you wouldn't have had the same answer if someone had asked you the same question six months later, it could be a slightly different answer that one, you you should never really feel bad about not having an answer because you might've had it at another time. And, and two, you might, you might be more comfortable with other people, their behaviors, because you might realize that these are not immutable concepts. People can choose better behaviors. You can influence them. You can market to them, you know, the same way that you market to yourself. Advertising works. Marketing works. Works very, very, very well, and so you're you're kind of you're a function of the books you read, you're a function of the YouTube channels you watch. Um, so hopefully, these kinds of things that we do prepackages enough good, actionable ideas that people can use to improve their lives. <clears throat> very well said, Richard. Um, Max, I'd love for you to jump in real quick. We haven't heard much from you, and and maybe you know say whatever you want to say, but I'd love for you to tell your story about longevity and how you got interested in the rejuvenation world. Yeah, so I think it's a a very similar story for a lot of people that are into longevity. It's it's not until they have a life altering event or sickness or something until they really start thinking about uh, longevity and aging, and um, it's it's. I just watched Titanic uh, not so long ago, and it, it, it's another example. You know, people thought this is an unsinkable ship. I don't have to worry about it sinking. I don't have to worry about dying from this. And sure enough, what happened? And um, yeah, it's 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 important. So it's if you don't think about aging and don't think about longevity right now, you're it, it comes to a point where it's too late. You know, just like Titanic, it was too late. Now they wish they put more lifeboats on. Now they wish that you know they had more safety mechanisms you know but it's you're you're already just like uh, you said uh steve jobs cancer if he would have known and worked on uh trying to prevent cancer early on in his life he could still be alive today so 
Uh, it's a very similar uh, example with me. Um, I I uh, played baseball in high school. I got hit in the head uh, by a baseball, and nothing came from it at, at first other than uh, a concussion. And uh, just recently, a uh, couple years ago, I you know started receiving tremors and uh, lethargic, tired, uh, all sorts of different symptoms, uh, gaining weight, and um, had no idea what was going on. I I went to the doctor and they said it was anxiety related. Uh, so I, you know, I did so much research trying to figure out what's going on because I knew it wasn't anxiety. I've never had anxiety problems in my life, and um, it eventually got to a point where I had to go to the, you know, the best hospital in the world, uh, the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Had a whole huge booklet of research that I'm trying to figure out, trying to self-diagnose, you know, Google, uh, which they tell you not to do, um, and I presented all these things. Hey, this is what I uh, feel like I have. This is what I want to do. This is how I can fix it. And um, the lead doctor loved my research so much that he wanted to uh, print it out and copy it for himself and uh, just had a long discussion about uh, what, I, what I researched and found. And, and he told me that some of the, the people that have a, the passion that you did because you felt like you were going to die, those do the are the biggest in terms of how they can research and how they can put uh, things together because they have the biggest passion. They want to find it more so than anyone else. And uh, so that's why he told me that even though I'm a doctor and I do this for a living, uh, it's really fascinating to see what you have here because this is something that from someone that spent six months of nonstop research. And um, so anyway, uh, through that through that experience, I've learned that I need to do my, my, you know, my own uh, self uh, you know, goal in terms of fixing longevity and uh, take take on the take on the problem myself. And, I mean, uh, yeah. To to give an example of this, right? So Aubrey de Grey is smart. Mm-hmm. He was smart before he decided he would go into longevity. He was uh, doing uh, machine learning, uh, working for Sinclair Computer out of uh, Cambridge, and then uh, a different, not related to David Sinclair, the longevity researcher. Um, and then, you know, he got in a relationship with a girl that's biology and then discovered no one was working on longevity and how stupid was that because he assumed everyone was working on it. And then he just switched fields. He's like, all right, I'm not doing computers anymore. Now I'm doing this. And he wrote, uh, he got his, uh, his doctorate based on work that he did in the field answering a question about free radicals in the mitochondria that just no one else had figured out. So he just switched fields, made a contribution that was very useful, and then while he was at it, he also just made a contribution to mathematics with, uh, I believe it was set theory, but it might have been graph theory, and uh, made a contribution to mathematics in his free time. So if you're a smart person, then you will make the world better at whatever you're focusing on. If you're not a smart person, you're going to piss your doctor off with all your stupid ideas. That's really the difference. So because when you bring your problem to the doctor, he's Googling that shit too. He isn't an expert on everything. He's basically, if you're seeing him first, he's an expert on nothing. That's why you're seeing him first. Then the general practitioner, who's a generalist, will refer you to a specialist. And then that guy, when he gets you, depending on how common what you have is, he's going to be Googling that shit as well. Because it's the most complex system we're aware of in the universe. Human biology is the most complex system that we are aware of in the universe. Um, so it's as hard as anything has ever been. And uh, you, you would be very well 
if if you're smart enough to be watching this show and and you're still here after however long we've been talking, there's a chance you're pretty smart, in which case you should really become an expert in whatever is ailing you because no one else will be able to know as much about it as you. Really. Um, you know, no one cares as much as you do. Right. And just to finish, uh, I did, I did find out what it was. It was a tumor in my pituitary gland. Uh, it was, uh, different than what I initially thought, which I thought it was a Parkinson's or MSA, uh, multiple system atrophy. But, uh, in particular with the multiple system atrophy, there was currently no cure for MSA or Parkinson's. And the research that I had were, ways in which to tackle both those brain disorders and they it was well thought out and and uh currently actually i just found this out which i wasn't supposed to know but there is a, a part of my research they're already doing a phase one clinical trial uh in in russia uh currently and um yeah so he he said this is i'm surprised that you already know this and so yeah it's definitely definitely super exciting so i'm i'm healthy now uh but that's that's kind of where uh i got the passion another example i wanted to give you uh is is and this is another example that i talk to people that aren't into uh longevity is uh, you, were, you know you know it's, can we clarify i don't know if i'm into longevity i'm a fat old fuck and my <laughs> diet sucks so am i into longevity like i know a lot about the tech right but I'm not like I'm not really fundraising for it yet. I'm not eating healthy yet. I'm not doing dick for supplements. I take like vitamin D, zinc, fish oil, vitamin C. Yeah, actually magnesium too. Um, but just because I had like a muscle twitch. Uh, but I guess I should keep on it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have mentioned it. Do you eat peanut butter? Uh, no. I mean, no. I'm so fat, dude. I would love to, but. <laughs> You know how much calories there is in peanut butter? Peanut butter it's helps just... you lose weight because high enough. Okay. That, 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 nothing helps you lose weight better than fasting. So. Yeah. True. And fasting is yeah. really. But the best really thing to eat is nothing. Absolutely. Pretty much. Have you heard of autophagy? Autophagy and intermittent fasting. Uh, not the first word. That's I know. I know, I know so, about intermittent fasting, but I don't know about autophagy. Yeah. So autophagy is only turned on. For uh, oh, after 20 hours of fasting, so you have to fast for a while to benefit is, from autophagy. Go ahead. I think I think that's when cells know to die, isn't it? It's uh, when uh, the, the six cells in your body sort of uh, yeah okay. suicide. Whereas like it's sort of like it's yeah. sort of like a, I, a bailout. I do know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard it pronounced that way. I, in my brain, I always pronounce it autophagy. Autophagy, autophagy is how a lot of... That's another thing about the longevity rejuvenation scientific field. It's, is it autophagy or autophagy? Is it telomeres or telomeres? It's 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 a global I, industry, and there's Brit, yeah. British and English, but yeah, it's pronounced yeah. both ways. Aluminum or aluminium. It's Yeah, it's actually alumin, aluminium, but uh, us Americans, you know, we screw everything up. Um, if you actually look at the way that it's spelled, it's spelled aluminium, but hmm. we don't pronounce it that way. Yep. Wasn't, <laughs> I'm never going to either. <laughs> I'm never going to either, right? This is, yeah. yeah. We have a we very important question from the audience. Why is Alex wearing sunglasses inside? Because, uh, because I'm really tired and, uh, I, uh, my pupils are constricted and. Uh, His girlfriend punched him in the eye for talking up during <laughs> quarantine. Oh, no. 
No, honey, I just fell down the stairs. Before you told me you wore, you would wear sunglasses during our streams because you didn't want them to track your... Uh, you was to do not oh, to yeah. dox yourself. So the, there's also this this idea of like face recognition. Essentially, YouTube is a uh, uh, there. This is it's a conspiracy theory, but they're oh, sort God. of bringing on the face recognition recognition tech to see uh, who's talking and who should who should the algorithm censor and all this all this stuff you don't want people knowing. But uh, I heard also like Juggalo ma makeup, like you know those that clown makeup that messes up the facial recognition cameras too, not just sunglasses. So you can do you can do whatever. Alex, put on the clown makeup, man. <laughs> you know I want to see it. <laughs> Bring out the clown. One day, one day. gift the viewers. Uh, so when AI wants to identify you, you are a hundred percent fucked. Because one, you're carrying your cell phone on you in the first place. So let's fucking have a laugh right there. But two. If you put on Juggalo makeup and LEDs that face out, which blind a lot of cameras, and uh, you wear a full hood, they're going to do gate analysis on the way that you walk. And they're <laughs> so like not a game you can win. Eventually, you, catch you're up. not you're not going to win it. You're not. And think about it. What have they done with all that knowledge so far? They've advertised you shit you don't even want. So the like highest and best use commercially for them to have all this data. They've not actually been able to use to any good effect anyway. So, I mean, thank thank goodness that they're not even able to fucking use the data that they have. Um, I mean, think about if they wanted to do law enforcement automatically, it'd be very easy to put a ticket on every car that got from this point to this point quicker than the speed limit would allow. And you could, you could next, next month, you could file like two or three million speeding tickets like this. For like minimal cost, it would cost you like one camera here, one camera there, one PC could just tell you which guy got there quicker than was allowed. If they want to start like handing out tickets based on I holy shit, that would be very easy for them to do. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, Rowan brought up the audience earlier. Speaking of which, um, what do you think the audience should do? So given that they're not like some rich businessman or some uh, genius scientist, what can the average person do other than get out of our way? That's a great, 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 great question. You, there, are, there are only two things that matter. You can either do the work or help other people to do it, which means go into the life sciences, learn about the meat, and get good at fixing the damn meat, which means you're going to have to learn. You're going to need to go to school for that. Or you can fund people to do that by working hard at whatever job you've got and put that money into businesses that you can still get rich on but are working on stuff that might save your ass or save someone else's ass. Uh, for instance, Peter Thiel. Is Peter Thiel a medical doctor? No. Is he a medical researcher? No. Does he fund longevity.vc? Uh, yes. Does he fund uh, Sense Foundation? Yes. Does he fund a bunch of other you know, forward-looking health or random things? Yes, he does. Does he help kids skip wasting their time in college and just get the fuck to work with the, the Teal um, Fellowship? Yes, he does. So he's not working on the meat directly, but he's amplifying the ecosystem which allows other people to get to work on the meat. Us, the meat. Um, so from my perspective, uh, I had this decision to make. You know, I, I retired in 2003 Started traveling the world, um, volunteered for the Sense Foundation in Cambridge in 2006, did the video for it. Uh, 
I am able to scale better from uh, a business perspective. You know, I created a cryptocurrency. It's worth a billion dollars now, depending on how you measure the market cap. It's only four months. It's pretty good. It's not bad. Imagine trying to do that same type of scale uh, with a non-digital product or with a non-new industry or you know, with an industry like longevity where the damn word itself just makes people go, nah, it would have been impossible. So if you, if you choose the right, the right endeavor, you can build up the capital to then deploy it uh, in ways that benefit you. So right, and this, this bothers me greatly that Jeff Bezos can't think of anything, as probably the richest guy in the world now, um, he can't think of anything bad to do with his money than to fuck around in space while we're sitting here dying. We're literally dying, like, right now. Like, COVID's killing the fuck out of people right now. And he's still dicking around with space. Now, look, everyone has freedom, and, when you know, they're influenced by the shows they watch when they're a kid. So Elon Musk got a lot of space stuff when he was a kid, and he's all about that. You know, other people, like Tony Robbins, he had problems finding food when he was young and his family was hungry. And so now he's addicted to helping people eat. Uh, every, everybody kind of has their thing that maybe emotionally affected them early on, and then that's what they focus on. Well, unfortunately, uh, there's not enough money going into the thing that everyone needs, right? I don't need to go to space. There's nothing there that I want, literally nothing. It's the opposite of what I want. It's a fucking vacuum that wants to kill me. Always. I have no interest in that shit. Everything that I want is here. The people are here. The art's here. The culture's here. The food's here. The music is here. Everything the fuck I want is here. So I don't want to divide up our resources and go, well, let's not put all our legs in one basket. So we're going to take some of our resources and we're going to move that shit to Mars. And then if this place falls apart and everyone here dies, well, at least some people will be having a good time on Mars still. No, fuck the Mars people. I don't want that shit. We're going to focus on this fucking basket right here. We're going to have one basket and we'll watch it very carefully because that's the basket that I'm in and the people that I care about are in. Don't give a fuck about that other basket. So I wish I wish uh, Elon Musk would quit fucking around with Mars and help fix shit here and now because people are dying here now. I wish that uh, Steve Jobs had give a fuck. He didn't. He didn't spend. They are being spent, just not by him. And for stupid shit, they might be giving people cheaper house loans maybe. But that capital is being deployed by somebody. It's just not for anything anyone would fucking want. Um, you know, hey, let's blow up a bubble in education prices and blow up a bubble in housing prices and turn everything into a fucking gambling house. And now no one can afford anything anymore. Hey, isn't that great? Oh, and by the way, some things were actually getting cheaper. So let's fix that by just printing extra money so that nothing can ever be affordable for anyone. A college kid that graduates will never be able to buy a fucking house. Ha ha. What a good system. Bill Gates another problem. Bill Gates is the best philanthropist the world has ever had. He believes that everyone's life is worth the same. I do not. I believe the people that I can speak to and interact with and maybe meet once in my life are worth more than people that will live and die without me ever detecting that they ever fucking existed. So I care about me, my family, my friends, my pets, which I fucking don't have any because they died, unfortunately. Uh, I care about those people and those things and everyone else. Hey, man, tough shit, bro. It's a hard game. You know, I'm sorry that you were born someplace that sucks, that you should try and unsuck where you live. You should really work hard on that because I'm fucking dying. My grandparents are all dead. My pets are dead. 
I'm old and fat. I'm on my fucking way. So, you know, I wish Bill Gates would work on something that would benefit my ass. I'm not getting fucking malaria. I'm not getting guinea worm. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't need mosquito nets. I don't need sanitation. I don't need toilets. This should have solved where I live. I need some fucking technology that helps cancer and heart disease. That's what I fucking need. And he ain't working on that shit because everyone else is working on it. Okay, well, everyone else isn't enough, man. We need more than everyone else. So I, I wish Elon Musk would fucking help me. He's not. I wish Bill Gates would help me. He ain't. I, and I, you know, how many other billionaires and millionaires are out there that are funding every imaginable fucking thing, particularly goddamn space, while you're sitting here rotting and dying? I mean, shit, man. How many teeth have you had pulled out of your head? We can't even fix fucking teeth. Yeah. We just well, your tooth's fucked up. All right. Well, how do we fix it? We yank it out of your head. That's how we fix teeth. We just fucking yank them. What do you mean yank? I mean, well, we get pliers and we fucking put our foot on your head and we fucking yank it out of your head. That's how we fix this shit. This is a pinnacle of medical technology in the year 2020 when we're supposed to have flying cars and fucking shiny clothes and you're yanking with pliers parts out of people's fucking bodies. It's fucking pitiful. We don't even have diagnostic tools, right? Like, uh, you know, what's uh, what's your blood pH balance right now? I don't know. We're going to poke a hole in your ass to find out. You got to poke a hole in me to find anything out. Yeah, we got to literally poke a hole in you and take shit out of you and then take a few days and then maybe we'll figure out what's going on. It's fucking a shit show. Like, it's garbage and it can be improved if people would fucking work on it. But they work on everything else. Absolutely everything else. <clears throat> so I, I just totally... want to expand on, your, on your, expand on your response a bit. So for those of you watching, you just heard what he said. So if you're, if you're, not, if you're not like some... Uh, Jeff Bezos type or some rich researcher uh, or some genius in some university, the best thing you can do is just put your money to work where it needs, where the work needs to be done. And uh, I don't know if this is, uh, this, this might be beyond your realm of expertise, but uh, uh, where do you think people would best be able to invest their money? I'm not talking like a specific stock or anything like that. A lot of these longevity companies are actually penny stocks. So for, for instance, uh, Ajax, I think is trading at uh, $8, $8 a share right now, $3 a share. Uh, Unity Biotech, um, Unity Biotech is at yeah, all these, uh, like three hundred million. Like, these are all like, and yeah, so these are all like these are all basically penny stocks. So where, where do you think people, like the average person, the average Joe who who works his nine to five, would be able to best invest his money to actually make a difference? So, uh, Peter Thiel uh, works with a girl named Laura Deming, and she runs a longevity fund that invests in things that will help human beings survive. I don't know of, I mean. Maybe sends.org is getting good stuff done now. Maybe the longevity fund is as good or better. I'm not sure. I need to see specifically what they're doing. So I would look at sends.org. I would look at the longevity fund, which I think her address is longevity.vc. But you could look up Laura Deming longevity. You'll find her. Uh, those are the two best bets that I can think of, having put not barely any time into it, right? It's just casual research being interested in this and reading lots of news maybe these other ones that you've mentioned with unity biotech and ajax maybe they're doing something good but if their valuations are really high or they're having a problem deploying the capital they've already got not sure shoving more capital in their hands is exactly that useful right you might just be padding the pockets of early investors so um i i would like to 
my my mission is I need to get wealthy people to do what's in their own best interest, which is save their own fucking lives. So that's what SciVive is supposed to do. It's, it's a movement. It's it ain't a religion, but you can make it one if you want, because it's going to tell you how to wipe your ass. It's going to tell you how to dress. It's going to tell you how to get laid. It's going to tell you how to do everything. It's there. It's in the book. It's a great book. It's a lot more useful than what I've seen in religious texts. They don't tell you the, the way they tell you to dress. You shouldn't. <laughs> There's not. They're not really gonna. You're not gonna get booked on any uh, catwalks uh, with how they suggest to to dress. Speaking right? of religious um, texts, I'd love to ask you your opinion on how would you get more religious people into what we're wanting to do, which is extend life and you know even live forever physically here on Earth. Like, sure. how would you get more religious people into that idea? Because they're all yep. into the afterlife, as you know. So, well, one, stop insulting them publicly. <laughs> Definitely stop doing that. Respect that they are the majority of humans and have more power than you'll ever have. So respect that. Keep that uh, atheism shit on the back burner, right? If people ask about it, fine. But if you ain't got to bring it front and center, fucking don't. Because you're just alienating the most powerful group of people in the world, which is people who believe in religions. Right. Uh, two, if suicide is not allowed in your religion and God has given you the tools to save your own life, Aren't you killing yourself by not using those tools? So shouldn't you end up in hell for that? Or do you think you found some type of loophole that God didn't think about where you can just get a real dangerous job or some bullshit like that? Like he won't know what's going on. Maybe he's a crafty guy. Maybe the guy who created everything knows what he's doing. So uh, I would I would come at it from the perspective that if he didn't want you to live longer, healthier, he wouldn't have given you tools to do so. And then he wouldn't have written in his book that you're not allowed to kill yourself. So it's pretty no pretty no-brainer that he wants you to to be working on human health period i like hey that. richard uh just a few things here so ajax just so everybody knows right here on um what is it may 16th 2020 it's a saturday uh they're cert- they're trading at 26.67 million dollars right now and uh michael um west is the founder and ceo he was at Jaron in the 1999 1990- 1990s, very well-respected scientists in this rejuvenation field, and Aubrey de Grey is their VP of. So I think new- he's the, also the CSO, like Chief Science Officer. Yeah. Uh, Aubrey de Grey is the VP of New Technology Development at uh, at Ajax, and he's the Chief Scientist, Chief Science Officer at SENS Research Foundation. And then as far as the other one we mentioned, Unity Biotech is trading at $347 million right now. They are founded um, by Nathaniel David. He goes by Ned, popular guy, and he is their CEO. And Jeff Bezos invested multi-millions of dollars in that company in 2017, I believe. And I believe Peter Thiel has invested $1 million in Unity Biotech about i think also in 2017 so that, I'm going off. so this 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 company seems like the the establishment favorite as it as yes. it were uh, another thing another thing stay away from longevity etfs and longevity index funds because basically what these these funds do is they invest in pharmaceutical companies and pharmaceutical com- companies are not in the business of making you live longer they're they're in the business of uh, uh they're not in the business of curing the uh, curing diseases they want you to keep coming back for the drug so uh, uh stay away from people who are incentivized to not solve the problem that would be a, a word of advice yeah, definitely. And and just before we finish on Unity Biotech, you know, they are focused on senolytics and we should define what senolytics are. Senolytics are basically drugs 
that are trying to do what we already talked about earlier with intermittent fasting, create autophagy and kill off all these like zombie cells is the best way to think of it. They're these old damaged cells that should be dead, but for whatever reason, they have not undergone apoptosis, which is uh, cell death, like committing cell suicide. So they're just zombies, essentially. They're spitting out all these horrible uh, chemicals, essentially, that are signaling and hurting the other cells around them. So senolytics are a class of drugs that are set up to help uh, kill off all those zombie cells, essentially. And But intermittent fasting is just a really great way to do that. Uh, and I do it every single day. So I try to keep my eating window to about five or six hours at most on a daily basis. And some di- you know, maybe every month I go 48 hours without eating, and then maybe every three months I go uh, 48 to 72 hours without eating. That's Absolutely just my free. It's all free. Yeah. So sleep, sleep is free too. And it's it's incredible. Like with intermittent fasting, the biggest benefits that I get out of it that I never thought about beforehand, and this was never told to me in all my research and talking to people. The biggest benefit is the time that you save, not having to think about food, prepare your next meal, um, cook it, eat it. Uh, grocery shop for it or whatever and then also the energy your energy actually goes up like you can hit some spots maybe at like 12 hours or wherever you're at 14 hours where like it gets tough you know and you have that voice in your head like what the fuck am I doing like am I this is crazy I'm gonna die I'm gonna starve to death that hangriness like it's out of control but when you squash that you realize that actually the hangriness does not get worse in fact Uh, There's these chemicals that your brain produces and your stomach um, produces called ghrelin and leptin. And you can think of ghrelin as the hunger hormone. It's like you can think of it like Hansel and Gretel. Ghrelin, it's like evil. It's it's uh, you're hungry. And leptin is the opposite. Leptin is a chemical that tells your brain that you're full. So if you drink a lot of water when you're intermittent fasting, then your uh, stomach will produce more uh, leptin to tell your brain that you're more full when you're actually really not. You're full off the water. And so um, those are just a few quick tips on that. But synolytics are very exciting. A lot. Just, of just people- one more thing. Coffee. No naps, appetite suppressant. So, and so. just to add to that, Brett, Brent, it's very similar to it's just like why you're super, super hungry one night and then while intermittent fasting, you wake up in the morning and oh, all of a sudden you're no longer hungry, right? So it's just all this psychological side of it, not so much that your body is truly hungry and truly needs food. Yeah. And then one other thing I wanted to touch upon real quick, Richard, I'd love to hear um, your thoughts on this. So earlier on this live stream, you mentioned, you know, how a, uh, you know, asteroid is going to take us out. And you, you then also said something maybe a half hour later that kind of summed up what you said. But just to be clear, an asteroid probably is not going to kill every single organism on the planet, just like the five other major disasters. It kills almost all of them. And then the tiny little bit of species that's alive ends up, you know, living and then mutating from there and adapting to and whatever we have. So, in, in that sense, you were uh, poo-pooing Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, which I strongly agree with what you were saying in, in your detailed answer there. But at the same time, you also mentioned that an asteroid is a huge threat to us. So where yep. do you, like in your, can you talk about it's like, just, hey, it's just timing. aging first, timing. Okay, cool. So, so m- many, many what seem like paradoxes are cured by actually just looking at timing. So are we going to get struck by a meteor? Yes. Is the Earth also going to be swallowed by the sun? Yes. Right. Is the entire universe going to experience heat death and everything will be too far apart from everything else? Yep. But I don't give a shit about any of that 
because what's happening is I'm 40 now, and by the time I'm 80, everything is going to suck a lot, a whole lot of suck. Absolutely everything will suck. So if I don't want the next 40 years of my life, right, I've done 40, if I don't want the next 40 to be fucking horror, I need people to work on the things that solves that. And what solves that is not global warming, is not uh, catching asteroids, is not traveling to Mars, is not malaria, is not sickle cell anemia, is not guinea worm. None of those fucking things. That's not what's coming to kill my ass. I know it's coming to kill my ass, and I want people to work on those fucking things because they're coming to kill your ass too because we're similar. So whatever I'm fucking uh, worried about, you guys should be worried about. Um, but Richard, uh, how, is, is this a potential way that Elon Musk could actually be helping us in the near near future with Neuralink? Because if he develops Neuralink, and maybe certain scientists will plug the Neuralink into their brain, it could enhance their cognition so they can solve these very complex problems such as aging. Could that be a way that Elon Musk is actually helping our cause of curing aging faster? It's like when I was a kid, I was going to make a tank that was invincible by just removing the atoms because the atoms were the problem. And then I was going to make a laser gun that was a great idea. You just fire the laser beam into a capsule with mirrors on it, seal it up real quick, and then just puncture it when you want to shoot your laser gun. But the real world has a way of taking like ideas and fucking them up with friction and overhead. And so the reason you can't do my cool laser idea is because mirrors aren't perfectly reflective and the energy will just dissipate in the form of heat. And the reason my tank idea doesn't work is because the problem is also what makes the thing the thing. So you can't remove the atoms from the tank and you can't shoot a laser into a bunch of mirrors and have it stay there forever. It just doesn't fucking work. Now Elon thinks that in 10 or 20 years... You could have a uh, machine-human interface that's a lot faster. And I think he's wrong, because life is fucking hard. For the same reason we don't have robots making goddamn sandwiches. Ain't no sandwich-making fucking robot. Your Roomba that runs around your house fucking sucks, too. Oh, you got some cords? Oh, shit. Roomba's getting killed by the cords. Oh, the dog shit? Man, Roomba's spreading that shit everywhere. So, it, <laughs> like, and we've had fucking robots in popular culture and literature for a hundred goddamn years, and yet ain't no robot in my house. Probably no robots in your house, not worth fucking talking about. And so what, where's all the fucking robots? And so now he's talking about something that's even more complicated, even fucking crazier, and he thinks it's going to happen quickly, and it's not. This shit's not going to happen. So all, the, all, of these, all of these like fanciful ideas about human-machine interface... I'll, I'll go one. I'll go the 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 guys that I insult the uh, the transhumanists that are focused on problems that they're not going to earn the right to have because they'll be fucking dead and rotting meat long before that shit ever happens. For for fun, I'll go there for a minute. If we can digitize you, now you don't fucking matter because I'll just make a copy of you and do whatever the fuck I want to it. Who who needs you? Nobody needs you. You're infinitely worthless. Because I make as many goddamn copies of you as I want. What if you doesn't like other you? Now, what are you like, mortal enemies now? What if 4chan hacks you? Now 4chan's hacked your fucking soul. Is that hell? Is that purgatory? Do you like 4chan controlling everything that makes you, you? Because that's what technology does. Technology democratizes information. 
and your ass, your soul, will be democratized. So I don't know how many copies of me I want in the fucking world, and I don't know that I want 4chan to hack my very soul, and I don't, I don't know that you can even maintain something that's recognizably human at higher data rates. Got no evidence to support that that's even a thing. Higher data rates and computation might just straight kill what you recognize as humanity. So I'm kind of happy that I just have the rotting meat problem than the clusterfuck of uh, what is identity and what is soul and, you know, hey, there's a faster, better version of Richard, version 3.0. Fuck 2.0. Get rid of him. Dump him. <laughs> so, like, I'm not, I'm not down for any of that shit, and I don't have to worry about it. I don't even have to spend another minute thinking about it because it's like going to the gym and thinking, I don't want to work out too hard because I don't want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't want to get too big. Bitch, don't worry about it. You'll never, ever, 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 no matter how hard you work and what the fuck you eat and what you do and what kind of goddamn horse steroids you do, you will never fucking look like Arnold Schwarzenegger no matter how hard you try your whole fucking life. Period. You'll be lucky if you go up two sizes and fucking shirt. So you ain't got to worry about the goddamn mind machine interface. It ain't fucking happening. And you don't have to worry about looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's not happening. I actually think your perspective here is a breath of fresh air because um, I'm really attached to the to the flesh, you know, the meat, as you say. I, I'm totally attached. I, I don't want to become a cyborg even. I don't, I don't, I don't. So, so uh, on my channel, I actually have this, uh, I, I bring up Anders Sandberg. So he's a neuroscientist at Oxford and he's actually done some calculations for like how much You'd need to run a human brain on a computer. He says it would take it would take um, something like uh, uh, ten to the power of thir thirty-two um, uh, uh, flops, uh, along with like something like uh, eight thousand. Uh, sorry, one zettabyte, which is like uh, all the information on the on Earth, like all all the uh, all the computers on Earth. And you need to power it. You need like a nuclear power plant, or, or or one or two nuclear power plants. So this this little piece of meat is actually quite efficient because essentially when we do calculations, for instance, when I look at this, I can see everything at once. So I can it can do parallel computing. Whereas AI, it's got to look at the color, it's got to look at the cap, it's got to do this and that and that. So it's it's a, it's a very underrated what what uh, Mother Nature has given us up here. And I think everyone should also pay extra attention to Richard's argument about people being able to hack you. Like if you're even part machine. Think about how vulnerable you are then to people messing around with your brain, your consciousness, your memories, your personality. Like, you're just totally open. You're susceptible. It's a Pandora's box to even make yourself part machine in any way or to interface with a machine. It's very scary. So uh, talking about these, uh, the, the, uh, the mind uploading people uh, who don't take aging very seriously, what, do you, what, would your be, what would be your recommendation for them? Where should they put their, uh, their, their money? Uh, should they? Should they? Uh, um, Every should they, transhumanist uh, needs to leave their transhumanist chat rooms. Get the fuck out of your rooms. Stop <laughs> fucking around with your science fiction fantasy bullshit. Look, I was watching Star Trek last night because I can't find anything else on the goddamn television. Okay, so I enjoy it. It's a nice genre. I fucking I love my space and apocalyptic genres because they make everything more important to me for some reason. Makes everything matter a little bit more. It's my theory on why I like that shit. Things matter now. People dying of COVID now. Remove your thumbs from your asses and start doing things that help. So they're making respirators in the Ford factory in Michigan. Elon Musk is making fucking uh, respirators in California. He's also doing something that helps reduce pollution. He's also do made the world's quickest, safest fucking car ever made in history. Goddamn dodges accidents on its own. Oh, fuck. The car does this shit automatically. Well, that's fucking progress.
Okay, that's progress. Uh, if you're not working on the meat personally, fund the people that are. If you can't fund the people that are by you know starting your own VC fund, investing in things that have potential, or popularizing these ideas, or uh, you know doing well whatever business you're in, and then. Like for me, it's like survive. Let's get the rich people to do and the public to do what's in their own best interests, and then let's have a save your ass fund that invests in the right research stuff. But maybe the longevity guys have already done that. If they haven't, there's a space for me there. And then, so now this is like, you can invest in green technology, you can invest in vice technology, like these things, you know, alcohol and gambling. You can invest in uh, utilities, okay? But can you invest in saving your ass? Why not? Isn't your ass worth saving? So, I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer that there needs to be a stupid vehicle that people can chuck their 401k money into that invests in things that might save their fucking life, right? And then why not have an existential one, too? Yeah, we don't want meteors to hit us, and we don't want fucking the power grid to go down because of a solar flare, so we have backup transformers ready. And all of these things that are extinction-level fucking events, not that the solar flare is extinction-level, but you're going to have millions of deaths over it. If the power grid goes out in the United States, there's going to be some millions of people fucking dead. Um because we've got for a while. So we, we need someone to address the extinction level stuff. We need someone to address the longevity stuff. There needs to be a save your ass fund and a, you know, save everybody's ass fund or something. I don't know, some other witty name for the second thing that what concerns you, itself. What do you Go say ahead. to the people that are old or have some kind of terminal illness? What can they do personally for uh, trying to, you know, take advantage of this uh, long life? Uh, you know, there's like cryonics. Do you believe in cryonics? Or what other uh, things do you feel that they could do? I, I think you guys are fucked. And I think you should have been having these conversations 10 or 20 years ago. Sorry, guys. So, I mean, uh, I, ho- I hope that it works out for you. But I've watched my grandparents die. I didn't do shit for them. Dog died. Didn't do shit for her. Because I don't have any goddamn tools. There's nothing I could do. You know? Uh Richard, I guess you could try. Richard, and, that's why we wanted to have you on because you just tell it has it out, ha, tell it as it is, and this is so true. important what the you're saying. Hurts. Truth hurts, and the truth hurts, and this is such an important message that Richard is saying. You know, I want the whole longevity, rejuvenation, anti-aging uh, industry to really take a deep look inside. At, like, what are you doing? What are you focused on? Are you focusing on the wrong things? Because I only care about rejuvenation biotechnology and funding that and making that happen and figuring out what's real, what's not, interviewing these scientists, bringing entrepreneurs together, networking, figuring out how we can do this. Nothing else matters. This is basically what Richard is saying. You know, forget everything else. Forget the mind uploading. Forget the chronics. Forget all these other things. You know, chronics is maybe closer to this than like other stuff. But um, I don't focus on chronics, you know, and he, I want to throw some statistics out there real quick to real quickly to back up what Richard said about 3,800 people die every single day from automobile wrecks globally uh, on an average day. Now, that's just deaths. There's also people who are getting crazily injured and then get bankrupted medically or dramatically impacts their lives economically because they can't work or uh chronic illnesses that derive from that many months or years down the road as well too this is why i support tesla and it's really ironic with COVID 19 that tesla wasn't able to go about continuing to make cars 
which is actually killing more people per day than COVID-19 was. You know, COVID-19 came about mid-November. It's currently killed about uh, 200 or 310,000 people last I checked, extrapolated over six months. That's about 2,000 people every day. Meanwhile, car accidents that, as I just said, kill about 3,800 people a day. So it seems like the world kind of figured things out. Tesla's back to work, working on a very important problem to save your life potentially by making your car safer. The reason we're so focused on aging as the biggest problem on the world is because it is. If you define a, a problem as something that's killing you, and not just killing you like a car wreck instantaneously, something that's coming for all of us eventually, and it's a slow and painful and horrible death. So this is what we're working on, and maybe we can just double lifespan. You know, Maybe we can get to 150 and that's it. Well, we just doubled the amount of quality time. And, and as Richard said, too, we should talk about this at some point in more depth, but you cannot extend life dramatically without extending health. It just biology does not work like that. So we're talking about increasing your health span dramatically, keeping you biologically young and healthy. That's the only way we're going to really extend your lifespan. So 110,000 people die every single day. It's the biggest problem on the planet. About 150,000 people die every single day on average. Those other 40,000 ways that people die, we'll work on those as well too. I just mentioned cars, 3,800. But aging is the biggest problem on the planet. And we need all hands on deck, every resource possible, people to change their value system to understand this is a problem and there's something that we can do about it. And and Richard, um, I just threw all that out to kind of back you up. But what do, what do you, what's your response to some of the things I just stated? Yeah, I mean... Yeah. The step one is knowing what matters and and knowing that a lot of shit does not matter. So I watch a lot of car videos. I ain't driving nowhere. I watch a lot of race car videos. I ain't racing no cars. I watch a lot of videos about turbos. I ain't got no damn turbos in my house or near me or nothing. I don't know why my brain's addicted to this. I think it's because I'm interested in power, right? I like power. So guns and cars and bodybuilding okay power stuff right well you know and so i know i'm doing something non-ideal there right so i know i'd be better off like why shouldn't i know which of these two biotechnology investment things is better like how is sense doing recently how is this doing that recently i would be more powerful learning about that than learning about uh turbo technology and so you know once I know that I'm fucking up, now I've got a chance to fix it, right? So now after I've had this call with you and identified something that I'm not doing right, maybe I replace my learning about car turbos with, with seeing what longevity is at since that's what I plan to be doing with the upcoming years of my life anyway, right? This is the only thing that really matters. This is the only thing that really matters. And everything else is shit that used to matter. Focusing on power used to matter more when we were in tribes competing with each other. Power was really important back then. Now, it's not as fucking important anymore, right? I get strong, steady fighting. Okay, well, does it teach you how to dodge bullets? Because now firearms are real small and a lot of people got them. It just doesn't pay as well as it used to. So the world has changed in the, in the way that we're programmed for excellence in a world that no longer exists. I mean, I, I use food as a drug. That's why I'm heavy. Because if I want to feel different, I'll eat. Well, shit, man, guess what? Now you're going to die earlier because of that. And your teeth are going to be more fucked up because you're chewing more. And you're just, you know, you're shopping for more food. You're spending more time in the toilet. Your teeth are getting more fucked up. Everything. Why? Because I just want to feel different, you know? Um, so these are problems I've got. 
that I've shared with you to let you know these are things that I can work on and fix. Everyone else has got the same ones, right? You watching the news? Okay, you're watching the news. What the fuck are you doing with that news? When has that news ever changed your behavior ever in your entire life? There's people out there that spend every fucking night watching hours of that shit and never changes their behavior ever. Conspiracy theory is the same thing. Okay, everyone's in a conspiracy. It's all fucking conspiracies everywhere. How are you going to make money on that now? How is that going to improve your life? It's not. Well, go make your own conspiracy, dude. That might improve your fucking life. Go find something worth doing. And that's what a business is. Business is a conspiracy. You and some other guys working together, doing something where you don't tell everyone else what's going on until it's ready. And then, boom, you're in the market. That's Peter Thiel's idea, by the way. So be in business. Don't make money by the hour. Have your money working for you while you sleep. That means you got to own something. You got to have equity in something. Could be cryptocurrency. Could be intellectual property. Could be real estate. Could be uh, a business. Could be a lot of different things. If you want to get rich, I made a video called One Way to Get Rich. You can Google it. It tells you how I got rich in the first place. You know, buying my free time by selling stuff uh, that I could get cheap, right? My first business was a car stereo store. I found out I could buy the stuff cheap. So I put out ads for stuff I didn't have yet. People call. I say, okay, meet me with the money. I'll bring you the stuff. They give me half the money. I go get the stuff. We do the rest of the deal until I had enough money for inventory. Then I had a store. And then I hired employees, and they did what I was doing. And then it freed up my time to do the next thing. And then the next thing, and the next thing. And so that that will continue to work. That idea of buying stuff that you can get a good deal on and stocking it remotely and being a subject matter expert on that particular thing, whatever it is, whether it's top hats or car stereos or keyboards or whatever, it's important. Because when you go to the store, nobody knows damn thing about what they're selling. Hey, which of these keyboards is better? They have no fucking idea. Hey, which of these uh, subwoofers is better? They have no fucking idea. They don't care, right? There's, so as long as you can care about what you're selling, there's a great opportunity to buy stuff at a good deal, verify that it's awesome, and sell it locally. And then that business will stop working when everyone's got something awesome at a good price nearby. And I just don't see that for a long time to come. So that business should still work. Or with the cryptocurrency stuff, I mean, the thing I invented is up 116x in 128 days which is rather amazing. Um, so, but I, I don't think, you, you know, investing in cryptocurrency only works for you if you have money to invest. If you don't have any money to invest, you got to work. Well, it, you know, it helps to be able to make some money from nothing, truly nothing without investment. <clears throat> so yeah, you, you, you know what your problems are. You know where your focus needs to be. Work on it. Care about it. Spread the word. And uh, that's the best that you can do. Right now, here's a question know, we're talking for you. about complex stuff. So. Richard, uh, here's a question yeah, so for you. So a quick recap Can for I... the audience. Reconsider uh, where you're spending your money. Reconsider how you're spending your time because that is also your money. And reconsider uh, your information diet. Don't uh, watch news that you're not going to use. Don't watch videos you're not going to use. Go to your YouTube subscriber uh, bar. Purge it. Fucking purge it. Get out. Re-edit your entire information diet and um, center it around things that are actually going to help you. So other than these three things, uh, is there anything else you'd like to, um, uh, any other advice you'd like to give to the audience before we kind of wrap it up? Alex, well, I, mean, I can show all my social stuff because I yeah, get a lot real, of that. Real quick, Richard. Uh, Rowan, if you could pull up the uh, the graphic to it's there. have Richard's uh, Twitter and YouTube there. But we have to work smarter, too, with using the technology and the algorithms. So if you haven't yet, like uh, and subscribe to this YouTube channel. <clears throat> click the bell and then click all notifications. That matters a ton, and you only have to do it once to click all on the notifications. 
uh, this actually matters to the YouTube algorithms because they'll bump you up higher and higher and higher the more percentage of your subscriber base you have that notification turned to all. And as Alex said, unsubscribe from all this crap that maybe you subscribed to seven years ago on YouTube that's not serving you and is not in line with what Richard's been talking about. Uh, so these things are really easy, really simple. They're just one-time fixes. It's not like we're asking you to like every single video, comment every single time, share every single time. This is just a one-time thing. Go to Richard Hart's YouTube channel, subscribe, click the bell, click all. Go to SciVive, click the bell, click all. I think Rowan's going to bring up the... Uh, the icon to show that there. We will also put this in the link in the description below with Richard's uh, Twitter and his SciVive on YouTube and his YouTube uh, Richard Hart as well too because if you like the things that Richard was saying today then you're going to love his YouTube channel and I know that there's great things coming up for SciVive and Richard hopefully we can add value and kind of come on every now and then and report what we're learning from all the people we're interviewing give you know the, Sci the SciVive YouTube channel, um, a high level of, of what we've been finding about Synalytics. We didn't even talk about NAD plus, but that's really important. Just exercising more, boost your own NAD plus. All the things we know. Let's let's run through it real quickly before we question. finish up. The best things you can do right now, right now that doesn't involve like hardly any money or no money, and it doesn't involve taking any crazy pills or anything, is just get really good sleep. Richard and I talked about this um, when I came on his channel in, in late December. Get really good sleep. Focus on that as the foundation of health. Uh, eat healthy as, as healthy as possible. I think personalized medicine is important. My, uh, microbiome is important. Your biome diet is probably important. But just eat healthy, whole foods, organic foods. Intermittent fast, we've talked about that. It creates autophagy. It boosts uh, stem cell production. It boosts HGH in your brain, which is really good for longevity and health. Um, think positively. We've talked about that. You know, definitely do meditation if you can. Get outside, exercise, move around a little. Get get some sun for vitamin B, vitamin D production, but don't get too much sun. Think about the people that you're around too. The time. What are you doing every single day? Where? How are you? Are you mad all the time? Scared about COVID? Like, take control of your consciousness. Take control of your life. Be careful about the information that you're putting into your brain. Just like you're careful about what food you put in your brain. These are certain things that we all know will help you live a healthier, longer life, and it will improve your life, the quality of your life as well, too. So maybe, Richard, another time we can get into more depth about NAD Plus and some other exciting things. I think you yeah. David Sinclair says that you should eat less and eat less often, and that's the absolute best thing that you can do. He's probably right about that, and I hate that because I'm a fat fucker. <laughs> so it's like for someone that's focused on longevity to not do the obvious free profitable fucking thing that everyone knows works. Everyone knows that works. If you go to the old folks home, ain't no fat people there. No old ones. They're dead. So I have what, an audience which, question uh, featured on the screen right now. It's by Griffin. And he says, would you guys be, it's similar to what we were just talking about. So he says, would you guys be early adopters of experimental drugs like rapamycin, metformin, NAD, MNN, and new ones, or would you be more cautious? I think there's no really need to be cautious about NAD. Like, I think that's pretty much established as pretty freaking safe. Um, it's just a different form of niacin. And from, from seeing people get the actual NAD infusions with IVs and stuff, like, uh, Don't forget, uh, yeah, nicotinamide, riboside, terastilbene. A lot of these are very, 
mainstream. I'd be very cautious. Of, I'd be very cautious really about Matt Foreman. I've heard a lot about dangerous things about that. But and, and Ra- Matt Rapamycin too, because Rapamycin is actually an immune suppressant. Uh, yeah. Metformin isn't isn't nearly as as dangerous as as uh, right. um, suppressing your immune system just to get those couple extra years that we don't even have enough research on. I I think that the number of ways to fuck up a complex system are infinite. And the number of ways to improve a complex system are very, very, very limited. So if you if you take your car and you decide, ah, I'm just gonna pour nitroglycerin in the glass tank and then that shit explodes better, so it'll work better, right? Nope, it won't. The shit will break. Ah, I'm just gonna chuck a turbo in there. Well, now your transmission's broken, drive shaft's broken. So complex systems don't particularly like simple one thing modifications to them they they tend to get fucked up so if you're lucky enough to find a single small molecule like i guess nad plus or you know it used to be resveratrol back in the day but not so much now uh then lucky you right maybe maybe a single small molecule can work because your complex system does other complex things with it that's great so i, I would be I would be very, very, very careful about what you take and what you do. And this is in line with, you know, the way Aubrey de Grey does it, where he ain't taking shit. He's not taking nothing. So um, I guess Ray Kurzweil takes a lot of vitamins. You do the research like on it. 200 pills? <laughs> a little too you much. You do the research on it. He's down to under 100 nowadays, um, based off last I've heard. But... Richard, just on that note, uh, real briefly, I've I've mentioned this with Aubrey in my interview with him in July. We didn't talk about this when I interviewed him about three weeks ago. But this is a very well-known phenomenon in centenarians and super centenarians or just people who live like into their 80s and 90s. The research is like really hard to do if you're not asking the right questions or if you're just getting blood samples and asking all these other data points. But just the general understanding that if you are enjoying life and you're doing what you want to be doing, you're kind of creating that placebo effect in your brain and in your body and all the permeating throughout all the you know 40 trillion cells of your body at all times. And so I didn't say it exactly like this, but we talked about this with Aubrey, and he agreed that this is a very important aspect of longevity. It was touched upon when Aubrey was just recently on Joe Rogan a couple months ago as well, too. Just basically what I'm saying is that centenarians, super centenarians, people who live a long time, they don't let little things get them down. If a loved one dies, they brush it off after an appropriate time of mourning, with it, which is maybe a few days, weeks, or months, depending on the situation. They don't let things like that completely consume them and take over their personality and their life. You have to move on. You have to be an optimist, a positive person, or you're just going to create your own nocebo effect and have negative uh, chemicals permeate and disease will permeate. So that's just something that's maybe easy for some people to understand, maybe not so much for others. And it's maybe easy for some people to act upon and take action and take that information and make it improve their life. And other people, they might forget what I said and just move on and never do anything to change. But if there's one thing that I could say that's super, super impactful and important if you actually try and change is just try to be a happier person. You know, be around other people, be positive. It does have an impact um, from what the research shows. So, and even if it even if it doesn't make you live longer, it makes life worth living. (laughs) Yeah, that's speaking of, you know, what makes life worth living, Richard. um, What would be something you're most looking forward to in the future? Let's say we cure aging. Let's say our dream comes true. You know, we're living indefinitely, thousands of years from now. Like, what 
do you want that your future to be like? What are you excited to do in the future? And stuff other, like that? other than being allowed to eat food again. Yeah. I am a simple man. I like girls. That's enough for me. More the merrier. Anything else before we uh, wrap it up? Very simple. I mean... I mean, look, it, we're, we live in a world of diminishing returns in the senses. Cheeseburgers aren't going to get much better. Not because the burger's not better, but because your sensors for detecting the quality of a burger aren't better. Perfumes aren't going to get much better. Music isn't going to get much better. Orgasms aren't going to get much better. So unless you start editing what it is experientially at the consciousness level to experience these things, we're already deep into diminishing returns on all these things. So you really kind of have to be happy with just more of that awesomeness because it's not going to get, you know, there's not ever going to be a double as good burger as we have today. It's not ever going to be tw- two times as good. So you got to be happy with the burgers that we've got, which are 80% as good as they'll ever be, you know? So for me, I'm happy with that, you know? I, I like McDonald's. It tastes fine. A lot of people are stuck up and they want to pretend that, that shit don't taste good. McDonald's cheeseburger tastes just damn fine. I, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for Warren Buffett. Tastes fucking okay. Um... You know, so like, I I'd be happy to hear new music and eat new burgers and hang out with you know nice people, uh, particularly the ladylike kind. I don't need the, I don't need anything. You know, I don't. What what is this like? What would be this amazing thing that I'm like waiting for? Virtual reality, like where you could simulate anything you want in a virtual environment, and like. Stuff like that. Yeah, but we've got normal reality now, and I could do all that shit already. <laughs> like, I'm rich. I could do whatever fuck I want. But I, it's like I've got, I could do virtual reality in normal reality, right? If, if I want to go set up a forest with fucking things to shoot, and like, I could go do that, right? But. Okay, how uh, about this? Uh, do things in virtual reality that you'd be too afraid to do in real life, because in real life we're inhibited, because we're afraid if we did all these dangerous things that might be fun. We could also kill ourselves. So in virtual reality, I, I used to, to be addicted to games. I know I know what it's like to, to love the game. Um, I would say that similar to the transhumanist never getting mind uploading, I don't think virtual reality is ever going to be good for this reason. Where is virtual reality right now? Pixelated, sweaty-faced, fucking nightmare mode. Looks like dog shit. Looks horrible. So you could have... You could have a nice visual experience in 4K right here in your fovea, which is where you actually have good resolution. Or you could take that 4K resolution and spread it all around you and make it pixelated horror. And then it could suck everywhere you look. And that's what virtual reality is today. Um, it is not an enjoyable experience at all. And I'm, I'm talking, <laughs> even there's a reason they don't even sell 3D televisions anymore. If you get a new AK OLED TV from LG... This shit does not even have 3D on it because no one gives a fuck. We, we thought we would care. We do not care. It sucks, right? So I, I think that for me, like if you care about non-pixels, virtuality won't work. If you care about sweaty face, VR won't work. If you care about uh, even audio, right? Like they do this head-related transfer function to try and make things sound like they're in certain places, but you could tell it's always off. Real life is just going to be superior to virtual life for as long as you've got a nose. So I, was <laughs> I mean, gonna, I, like, was gonna you, I was going to ask you you're if you believed in the simulation theory, but I think you just answered my question. I don't think you do, huh? Yeah. So, so you're not no, on board. Like, you're not I'm on board with Elon Musk and his uh, his uh, simulation stuff. 
Well, I mean, this is this is the issue of I don't give a fuck. If I if I am actually if if me, which is a set of likely future behaviors, if that just happens to be running on some kid's Game Boy in an alien universe, and he might turn it off whenever, I don't give a fuck. Let me live in the Game Boy. I don't give a shit. If if I'm you know, it's like watching the end of uh, Men in Black, where you know it's like you keep zooming out and it's something in something in something. I don't fucking care. Right, I'm I'm gonna reap the rewards and profit of focusing on things that I can interact with and modify and and gain benefit from, while other people live in fucking sci-fi world thinking about bullshit that doesn't matter. Right? It's like, hey, maybe there is a god. Maybe there's two gods. Maybe there's eight gods in a row. Maybe it's turtles all the way down. Who fucking cares? I'm gonna die of cancer and heart disease in an amount of time equal to the amount of time I've already been here. I'm at the midway point. So, and consciously I've known that since I was fucking 20, so, or earlier. So, like, I've been at the midway point consciously for, like, a very long time, right? Like, people start caring about, like, they know the end is coming. I've known that for fucking very, very long time. I want to do the shit that works. And it doesn't matter. It truly does not matter if we're running in a simulation or if God did it or if there's no God or if there's eight gods or... None of it fucking is relevant. It does not matter. It's not worth thinking about. It's it's like it's like refusing to use your computer unless you understand how to do assembly code to write the bias. No, you don't need to live at that level of abstraction. Like you can walk on a nice floor and not know how the floor was made. You could live under a nice ceiling and not know what's really holding it up. I don't know. Maybe it's fucking falling apart. Maybe it's gonna crush me right now. Don't care. Right, I'm, I'm going to run with the probabilities. I don't need to understand all these other levels of abstraction right. that there's no profit. Right, you're saying like even if we're we can't know if we're in a simulation or not, so why focus on that? Like it shouldn't change how we live anyways. We should still live as though this is it. Like let's well, do everything we, we can know. to save ourselves. You could know, but it's too, you could know, but it is too expensive. It's just like you you could travel to a distant star that is uh, you know a million light years away by creating a ship that you know a million divided by 60 number of generations of people could live on and then maybe you get there and it sucks it's just a bad deal right like you could do enough surveillance in the universe to try to detect some type of interesting pattern that could try and show you that you are actually being emulated and then what now what does that and then you're fucked right you're like oh well we can't. We need to break out of the sandbox to communicate. To be like, please, please escalate our privileges so that we could live in the fucking four D universe instead of the three D one, or if you consider time a D, the the five D. So like, it's it's just a fucking bad deal. It's the same with like the meteors and asteroids and shit. Yes, we are going to get hit by an asteroid and it's going to kill everyone you care about. Okay, but actually, that's not likely to happen now. It's likely to happen at some time far from now because they're so rare geological time rare right human existence is the blink of an eye geologically now when i say blink of an eye geologically i mean that's mathematically accurate if the planet blinked at the same rate that we do humans coming into existence till now wouldn't be a full blink that's how little bit of time we've been here so the likelihood that some extinction level events coming to fucking kill you is so infinitesimally small 
that you should focus on the things that you know are coming to kill your ass, just like they killed everyone that preceded you. So it's, it's, it's not a question of whether these things could be known or not known. It's, it's that they don't matter if you did know. And it's just such a shit deal to try and find out. I mean, you could try and make the world's best fucking omelet and just spend your life doing that. And then one day eat it. And you're like, I did it. I ate the omelet and then die of cancer. <laughs> like it's fucking waste of fucking time. Yeah. Slippery slope. Um, simulation hypothesis is a pretty slippery slope down to nihilism. Uh, I think it'd be interesting if you like ever met with uh, Nick Bostrom. I'd love to see that show. <laughs> But, yeah, I'd, uh, love to, um, I'd love to meet him. I don't think... A lot why, of fair why points would, here. Why would, sip, why would simulation theory lead to nihilism? It seems the opposite. It seems like it would actually... Oh, no, it means, it means a lot of people are like, oh, why should I care about extending my lifespan if it's if it's all a simulation? Oh, I, I see what talked about that on my channel. It's like uh, another coping the, mechanism. It's just yeah, like a, lot of, a lot of the simulation hypothesis people, um, they, uh, they kind of descend into this, this, uh, this depression, like, oh, nothing matters, so I'll just do whatever even though it is in their best interest to do to get more of that do whatever if you extend your lifespan like don't you like doing whatever so yeah right it, it's what what happens is people are they tend to do a thing and then whatever happens in the world just triggers them to do that thing so if someone is uh if if someone is a happy person whatever happens it's just another reason to be happy if someone's a sad person, whatever happens, just a reason to be sad. If someone hates the government, whatever happens, another reason to hate the government. And and they just it doesn't really matter what the fuck the thing is that occurred. It just gives them an excuse to run their dominant program, which is, you know, whatever they happen to be into, right? They could you could pigeonhole people and generalize them like conspiracy theorist or control freak or you know, whatever the fuck, right? Whatever you want to shade these people as. It's, it's, it's like if you, it's like these people that when you win an argument, they pretend you didn't just win it and then they just rotate to something else. Like it didn't happen because they're not honestly trying to actually learn. They're not honestly trying to have a fucking constructive in, in interlocution. Like they're not trying to really talk to someone else. They're trying just to shit out their fucking ideas and control everyone else into having those ideas. They don't care about objective truth. So if, Richard, if you, what? What percentage of people do you think are like that? And what percentage of people do you think actually care about objective truth? If you were to guess, just based off your experience, five percent shit. Yeah. 15%. Good. I think guess. I think it's pretty accurate from my experience. Yeah. It's like, you don't have the ability to play at these higher levels until you've kind of beat some of the bosses at the lower levels. So, you know, you don't, how do you, how do you understand conspiracies if you've never, never even been in one? So it's like you never, you know. How do you, how do you fucking? Uh, I saw your Richard. I saw your live stream about a month ago when you were talking on SciVive and you were talking about sins and you were talking about Infowars and Alex Jones way back in like 2006. They showed up to like the sins uh, event and they were Alex Jones was like, "It's all fake. There's no way they're doing this." And, and Richard's like, "Impersonation." I'm here. Like I'm at sins. I know that Alex Jones is lying because I caught him in a lie and I've. I've personally caught Alex Jones in multiple lot. I've actually watched a lot of Alex Jones over the years, and he has been right on some certain things and done some good, but he has just blatantly lied on so many sure. things because he's he's a, he's a showman essentially. Listen, when the interdimensional Black aliens are sucking the souls out of children to get life force, pretty hard to support that one. <laughs> 
<laughs> when it's like, like, bro, did you take LSD right before the show? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't, I don't really support deplatforming, but some of this shit, you just like, if if you if you if a bunch of kids get shot up at a school, and you call everybody like all the parents crisis actors, man, you're fucked. Like your career's over. <laughs> you can't. Like these are a bunch of people's. normal human families whose kids have all been shot in a fucking huge tragedy if you call those people fucking concern actors like uh nope no this guy has a job and this was a kid and this kid's dead and acting wasn't his job so what the fuck are you talking about you stupid fuck you you know and the same happened with the longevity shit you know i was volunteering for sons in cambridge and then i was watching alex jones and he said yeah you know these uh the the new world order wants to live and they want you to die and so now they're going to be the only guys that get the technology and then like okay yeah and they're they're down at sends doing it right now and i'm looking around and i'm like no there's like only two rich guys here and i'm one of them maybe there's three uh nope nothing fucking of what you're talking about is happening here you're full of shit you're you're people are trying to make the world better and cure diseases and you're demonizing them and saying they're part of some evil fucking conspiracy that is goddamn disgusting Go demonize some other asshole that's actually doing bad in the world, right? Go demonize an alcohol company or a fucking gambling company or some shit. Don't demonize the motherfuckers trying to cure diseases for your ass that you're going to get. This is the stupidest shit I've ever seen. And there's actually, it's called the uh, Gelling Manfeld or something, something, Murray Gelman, the Murray Gelman effect which is basically if you're a subject expert in, in something and you read the news about it, they get everything wrong. It's all wrong. But what you don't realize is that they get everything wrong for everything. You just don't happen to be an expert in those other things to realize what they fucked up. So, <laughs> Oh, the Dunning-Kruger? No, it's called the Murray-Gelman okay, effect. Okay. M-U-R-A-Y-G-E-L-L-M-A-N. Okay, Dunning-Kruger is a little different. I think Dunning-Kruger is basically when if you are an expert in something, you think that everybody else is more intelligent about that than what they really are, and vice versa. People who are not an expert in something think that they're smarter about that something than they really are. So it yeah. works like. So, so Dunning Dunning Kruger is that the more knowledgeable you become at something, the more aware of how much you don't know. And how you're less confident in, in what you say because you realize how limited your knowledge really is compared to the whole set of possible knowledge. Whereas if you're a dumbass and you just read a little bit, you think you know everything because okay. you're too stupid to know all the shit you don't know and, and that what you know is just a small set of what can be known about a thing. And so, so people that are stupid overestimate uh, their knowledge and are overconfident. And people that are smart underestimate their knowledge and are underconfident. And so, so Rick, since, since we're talking about longevity, I'm sorry to cut you off. You can mm-hmm. finish that in a second. Okay. Since we're talking about longevity, at least we're supposed to be for this live stream. Mm-hmm. Just personally, I've been researching this stuff for like 15 years. I've a lot of these books behind me are books I've read. Ray Kurzweil, Barbara Gray, all the, you know, all these all these longevity people and other things. And I've watched mm-hmm. like tons and tons of YouTube content on this stuff. I've probably watched more Arbiter Gray and, and Ray Kurzweil on YouTube over the last decade than any other person, quite possibly. I know it's a ridiculous claim, but I've watched a lot. And so now, like after interviewing a lot of these longevity enthusiasts and experts over the last year or so, these scientists and people. I've actually developed personal relationships with these people more and understand more of the politics and have way more knowledge 
than I ever did before. But that's what you were describing there has been happening and an experience to me. So now I can even way easier call out a lot of the nonsense that people believe in this stuff. And that's why I think the things that you're saying are so freaking important. Like stop wasting our time and all this nonsense that's never going to amount to any, anything and all this bullshit technology like mind uploading. Let's just focus on rejuvenation biotech and reversing human aging because that in itself is super super difficult and that's what matters the most so yeah i mean take it take it this easy right we have a lot of things we want to achieve pick one and fucking try it like okay what temperature am i right now well someone figured out that you could have an infrared fucking beam that could at a distance measure things temperature that's progress god damn it okay how, what's my blood oxygen level some smart fucker figured out that you could shine a red light through your finger and you can have an oximeter which measures how much oxygen is in your blood by just shining a light through your finger. Asian dude that just died of COVID figured that out. Well, we need more of that shit. What's going on in someone's body right now, right? What, we need data to make decisions. What is going on inside someone's body? And so we have progress all over the place. We have portable... Uh, MRIs, we have, or oh, fuck, I guess, either MRI or CAT or, or ultrasonic, I can't remember what it is, but we have some portable diagnostic machine that is super useful now, um, and we didn't have it previously. You know, somebody invented a way to, like, detect macular degeneration that was very affordable and portable. There's, there's progress in medical technology made by one or two guys just trying to fucking do something, and you could be one of those one or two guys. You don't need to be thinking about AI and shit. You can be thinking about, hey, uh, you know, is this person's blood acidic or not, right? Or why why does this happen when this thing happens? There's so, there's so many things that you could plug into and just, you know, chip away at or run at it. You know, I got a friend that's an inventor, and he invented a, a new way to inhale medicine. But but he's just just a physicist. He's a material scientist guy, and he was you know focusing on materials, and then oh, there's a medical application, right? Um, so there's, there's industries that, that fit in, right? Material science fits in. Uh, computation fits in. These two things are necessary to help do good things in the body. Um, it, it does not, it's not all wet work, right? It's not all just biology. Bioinformatics matters. Statistics matters. Funding matters. Uh, there's still a lot of important stuff. I mean, even building the machines that mix stuff and do reagents and things, that shit all matters, right? So there's a lot of places that you can plug in here. Um, the, the, the problem with watching Aubrey is that he says the same shit for 10 years. The story hasn't changed. There's, the reason that I still know almost all there is to know, plus or minus 30%, is because this fucking shit isn't changed. Right? That's what's it's so just, frustrating with me, too, because I've been doing, I've been researching this stuff for about 15 years, like pretty hardcore, on and off. Like I've been in sales, and there's been time periods where four months go by where I'm just super busy. But like I've been obsessed with this stuff, more or less. And yeah, I can agree with you. And I can tell the people who've just been doing this for two, three years, and their focus is all wrong. I'm like, man. The shit isn't, and then like talking with somebody like Bill Andrews, who's in his late 60s, he's been trying to cure aging since he was 10. Dude got a PhD in like molecular genetics and stuff, like in the late 1970s, and all these other people have been obsessed. I just interviewed Natasha Vita Moore. I should uh, have that video ho hopefully uploaded on my Bright Now YouTube channel tomorrow. She wrote the book, The Transhumanism, The Transhumanist Manifesto in 1982. 
Uh, we interviewed That's a long time ago. Yeah, we're, we're going to release the Bill Falloon interview that we did a couple months ago on this Longevity channel. Uh, Bill Falloon's been talking about this stuff since the late 1970s. He's battled the FDA yep. on getting metformin approved in the late 1980s when, you know, people... Uh, but in any event, the, the point here is like, man, things are not... Measure results. Yeah. Measure results and see if you're getting traction. And if you're not, know when to pivot and do the next fucking thing. We are lucky that we do have some traction in longevity. So we do have Longevity Inc. We do have Calico. We do have, you know, I guess some of these analytics things that are working out now. So we do have some fucking traction. But if you if you had your druthers and you could decide, like, hey, let's get rid of F1 racing and turn that shit into healing humans. Okay. Fuck F1 racing. I don't watch that shit. <laughs> yeah, I agree. There's so much. Like, what else can we get rid of? Ah, fucking leisurely space flight. Nope. Watch an HD video. Bro, if you watch an HD video of diving, it's better than real diving. You're like, yo, man. Okay, I didn't fucking go scuba diving, but I've been snorkeling. You go snorkeling, and you're like, yo, these colors suck. Where's all the really amazing colors? Well, you got to come at night with your own fucking light, and you get a fucking, you're like, oh, so this actually sucks. So the shit I watch on the Discovery Channel is better than, than the real version here. I have over 40 scuba dives uh, under my belt. I, I dove, I've been diving since I was thir- 13. My wife has even more. I've been on some pretty cool dives, but I've watched some pretty awesome HD documentaries about deep sea stuff. And James James Cameron, if there's any South Park for, uh, <laughs> fans out there, you'll get the joke. But, you know, he's built the deepest submarine that's gone deeper than anybody else. He's, you know, lowering the bar for everybody. James Cameron. And that, like, that, uh, that documentary was super cool and all the things we've seen. So, so I agree with that. But getting it back to longevity real quick, Richard, um, yeah. have you heard of the Steve Horvath DNA methylation clock? Are you familiar yeah. with that? So this is a big one that um, we should definitely talk about then. In 2012, uh, Dr. Steve Horvath, he's at UCLA, he uh, created this new system of measuring biological age. It's called DNA methylation clock. And over the last eight years or so, it's become even more and more, you know, um, seen as the best way to measure biological human aging. And specifically, it can predict it's the best predictor of when you will succumb to cellular senescence. Said more colloquially rather than scientifically, it's the best way to predict when you're going to die from aging. Uh, it's better than even your chronological huh. age. Yeah, it's very, very accurate. So uh, just give a brief overview of it right now. David Sinclair is a big proponent of this, and this is what we're now using to measure certain things uh, with all these tests. The company that I've co-founded with Vladimir Trofanov, Lev Sciences, we want to have people taking all of these, you know, anti-aging rejuvenation therapies, metformin, uh, rapamycin. We've talked about these on here. You know, Rowan isn't as a big believer in metformin, rapamycin, but also NAD plus patches or infusions. Whatever you're doing, great. We want you to take the DNA methylation clock test before, during. And then, like, continuously do that. So we can actually check, hey, is any of this shit actually working? Is it having an impact to actually reverse your biological age based off the best measure? Now, there's over 400 biomarkers that we have for measuring your biological age. But the DNA methylation, methylation clock one is just the best. 
I personally believe that telomere length is actually the best way to measure your biological age. The problem is it's super expensive and super difficult to do because when you just, I had my telomeres measured by life length in 2013, it was $1,000. They measured my white blood cell, you know, DNA or, or telomere length. That's not a big deal. That's just the state of my immune system and my white blood cells at that time when I was 28 in 2013. It wasn't measuring the telomeres of my liver, of my kidneys, my heart, my brain, you know, my skin cells. You need to have a measurement of your telomeres of all those different cells in your body to get a really good stance for how old you are biologically. And so that's why the just look it up, everybody. DNA methylation, Steve Horvath clock, and there's tons of information out there on it. So I. I we should we should definitely talk about that more. And Richard, I know you'll you'll do your research, or we can talk about it offline, and we can maybe talk about that one more on a, on, a, on another live stream or something. All right. Should I show all my social stuff? Show it. Oh, hey, yeah, that'd be the time. Can you? All right. Can we can find you, you on Twitter? Yeah. So I'm twitter.com forward slash Richard Hartwin. About fifty six k subs on there. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Richard Hart. Uh, youtube.com forward slash scivive s-c-i-v-i-v-e you can download the books for free at t.me forward slash scivive I've got uh, 20,000 people in my uh, cryptocurrency chat room t.me forward slash hex crypto if you want a 10% bonus uh, claiming this uh, cryptocurrency for free if you're a bitcoin holder or uh, transforming ethereum into it uh, you can do that at pumpamentals.com we've got uh what else? So free books. Richard, I, I think you're yep. I think you're outdated. Did you say 56k followers on uh, Twitter? Is that what you said? Did I hear you wrong? I thought so. Yeah. You're a 61, my man. Don't sell yourself oh, nice. short, bro. All right. You're a 61 here. I haven't. Uh, yeah. Good one. Okay, I didn't so know. He's not checking Twitter every day. How many followers? I'm checking, but I just didn't. I guess I get remembered the number wrong. I tweet a lot, but I, I guess I haven't been watching how many followers I get. Yeah. Um. Okay. Thank you for the update. Yeah. So free books, free coins. It's up 116x in 128 days. People go their whole lives without getting 116x on anything ever. So it's pretty amazing. Uh, free chat. I think that's it. Free chat, free books, free coins, free videos. Yeah, that should do it. And if you want to donate to charity, donate to SENS.org. They do accept cryptocurrency. And, uh, you know, take control of your life. Actually measure that you're getting something good. Don't don't live a life of quiet desperation and die with a fucking whimper. Put up a fight while you still can. Put Punch the Grim Reaper in his fucking face and tell him to fuck off because we have that ability now. And don't just watch as he kills off your family and your friends and then you. It's a, it's a real bitch mode way to die. Well said. Richard Hart, everybody. Heck yes. Richard, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it, and we really appreciate everything that you're doing, and we know that um, we are going to have an impact on this if we keep uh, plugging along, working hard every day, and convincing people uh, to change their focus and focus, change their value system is really what we're trying to do and focus more on, on rejuvenation. So thank you so much, Richard. Uh, Max, Rowan, uh, Alex, I just want to give you all a real brief opportunity to just share your final thoughts as well, too. Yeah. Um I loved a lot of what you had to say, especially the criticism about mind uploading. I I think that's so important in the transhumanist movement because I think it's kind of tainted this movement, and it makes it bad for especially if we're trying to bring on religious people into our movement because 
in religious circles, they hear ideas like mind uploading and like putting chips in the brain and cyborgism and they hear all that and they think this is like satanic and they, they, they throw around terms like, oh, it's the mark of the beast. So if we can downplay this whole mind uploading thing and kind of remove that and remove that, I think we can get more religious people on board with just curing aging and that's just like healing the sick and that's like, um, that seems more reasonable to a lot of religious people. Cure kids cancer. Yeah. Focus on do stuff for people that people support. Yes. Yeah, Richard, we got sidetracked on this earlier, so you were kind of criticizing our longevity name, and obviously you've kind of fine. Do it, but just realize that you're only going to appeal to a very, 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 very tiny audience of open-minded people, and the vast majority of people that would love to support medical research and would be happy to write a check to help cure kids' cancers and diseases of other forms, they will not invest in the shit that you're talking about ever. So it's better to get their money and put it to good use by packaging it in a format that they're not allergic to. And so if you care about actually getting longevity research done and funded, it is best to not call it longevity research. Because what, I mean, everything is longevity research if it saves your ass. Malaria research is longevity research if your ass was going to die of malaria, right? Yeah. So since it's all kind of longevity research fucking anyway, then package it in a format that people like. Save kids and save women. We care about women and kids. If you, you know, if you're an older white dude, Bill Gates doesn't give a fuck about you. Yeah, that's a great point. Obviously, you have your SciVive brand. So, what instead of longevity, like, what's your best uh, advice on like what should we be calling our brand? Because we can create other brands. You know, Read, performance. Pe- people care about being more beautiful, stronger, faster, dick harder, longer orgasms. That's what people really want. This like longevity concept it's too esoteric people want more of what they want and they don't care about this insurance policy of less of what they don't want so if you can put it in positively framed language that we're going to get rid of your wrinkles we're going to fucking put the color back in your hair we're going to put the spring back in your step here's what we're working on you know then that, that's the best way to package longevity stuff it's not the anti-suck it's the pro shit you like right positively framed and even that, even that, it's better, but it's not as good as, yo, we're going to stop kids from fucking dying of this horrible shit. Here's a picture of a dying kid. You, you hate that picture? Okay. Give me money. Okay, we're going to go work on that shit. So, you know, that that's just superior. Go look at the numbers, and you'll see that people generating funds for those things outpaces longevity research funding by probably a million to one. Some very fucking large, insane number. And And... It's like the pitches aren't going to get better. The pitches are as good as they're going to get for longevity, minus maybe 30%. I could probably make them 30% better. Um, but there's, you're still up against too harsh of a wall. To, to tell someone that all of these misconceptions they have or misconceptions takes too fucking long, and they don't like hearing how wrong they are, why don't you just take their money and give it to the same fucking guy anyway with an excuse they like? They're still getting what they want. They're getting what they want. You're getting what they want. Researchers get what he wants. Everybody's getting what they fucking want. And you don't have to have these esoteric conversations about, you know, dictators never dying and shit. It's just a waste of time. All right. Uh, Rowan had final thoughts. Brent, uh, my final thoughts. Uh, let me think. Yeah, I'll just be kind of edgy and contrarian to Rowan. And I think, uh, like, talking about mind uploading is kind of important to tell people, like, to compare it to other technologies. That's pretty much what I do. Is, uh, 
which which one is performing the best, where are we at technologically. And uh, I do agree with Richard that there's a very hardcore hierarchy of um, priorities here. That's basically what my channel is about, the hierarchy of priorities. Um, anything else, guys? I mean, GiveWell.org also GiveWell.org. is supposed to do this math and, and give you like your best bang for the buck option for creating impact with limited funding. I haven't reviewed their work recently, but it, it is at least something that is on the roadmap for people. So that they, it's called effective altruism. So, you know, you want to get bang for the buck. So that does exist and it is nice. And there are people that do rank existential risks. Um, I can't remember his name. El Elzir or something. Eliezer Yudkowsky? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. I think he works on some of the extinction level stuff. So, uh, I mean, he was the one that just showed me the idea through Twitter that uh, if if a solar flare were to occur, we do not have enough replacement transformers to get the grid in the United States back up, and it would be down for months, and millions of people would die. So if you like electricity, and you do believe that solar flares do happen, it would be pretty useful to spend the $350 million to have the backup transformers ready for when they get knocked the fuck out. And by the way, they could be knocked out by other things that aren't solar flares. I think an EMP would do similar damage. I wish that would get the same attention as climate change does. Climate change is yes. important, but this is way, way, way more important. Solar flares happen like there's a there's a cycle, solar cycle like every 11 years. That's fucking insanely frequent. And then just like 100 years ago, like the, the or 150 years ago, that Carrington event, if we had been the technological level we are today at that time, it would be fucking Mad Max. So <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to say it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the world needs a wake-up call to a lot of shit, and human-caused global warming is, it's slow, and you'll be fucking dead by the time it really matters. So I'd rather play the game that if I win it, I get some benefit out of it. I also want to promote Lifespan.io and LEAF, their Life Extension Advocacy uh, Foundation, and I've been making videos with them. I recently interviewed Dr. Arbiter Gray and uh, Dr. Alex Zavarankov, CEO, founder of Insilico Medicine. I'll be interviewing more people there. Uh, we haven't talked about Dr. Greg Fay at all, but he has used this DNA methylation clock. So Steve Horvath, the inventor of this technology, worked with Greg Fay and his team to study nine men that took three things, DHEA, metformin, and human growth hormone, uh, for one year time, they had their DNA methylation clock measured before and after, and they showed biological age reversal of two and a half years. Uh, so after one year passed, they were one and a half years uh, younger biologically. These were nine men ages in their 50s and 70s. We need way more than nine men, but this is actually the first age reversal we've seen in humans with the DNA methylation clock of Steve Horvath. So. It is rather encouraging. It's super early stage. It could be something like, you know, testosterone, like taking steroids where there's a benefit in the short term and then massive decline later. So we don't want to get too exciting. But this is the first time. I mean, we've seen DNA, methylation, Steve Horvath clock, biological age reversing in humans. This is new information just came out last year. So I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least talk about that. And hopefully I'll interview Greg Fay on Leaf Lifespan.io's YouTube channel later this month so he can share more details about that. I'd like to say you guys are doing uh, something that needs done. Awareness matters. It's the first step towards making good action, right? Is knowing that good action exists and then you can do it. 
So I, I do respect that you guys are working in the field that needs it. Thank you, Richard. It, it, that does mean a lot, but I certainly believe that we're just getting started. There's, as we've talked about in this live stream, an insane amount of work that needs to get done. And uh, it's as we talked about with the Dunning-Kruger effect, like the, now that I know more about this stuff, I'm like, whoa, like we have a lot of work that needs to get done if I'm not going to die. Like forget my, I'm trying to save my parents. They're in their late 60s. I'm trying to save my parents and other people, friends. Like I'm not too optimistic right now, to be honest. I'm trying hard. Um, I'm just an optimistic person. So I'm going to keep working hard to do this because what else is there to do? This is the biggest problem. Yep. This is all that matters. But like, as of sitting right here, if you're going to ask me, are we going to do this in my lifetime? It's probably not looking like it. I'm a Ray Kurzweil fan. I've read all the books. They're critics. Ray Kurzweil would say, oh, you don't understand exponentials. I'd be like, eh, I understand exponentials. This, this looks like a very difficult problem to solve. So Yeah, so, so like Richard said, uh, hang up the fedora if you're doing this atheist shit. Um, if you're going to go into neuroscience thinking we'll have mind uploading in like five years or, or tomorrow, uh, get a reality Forever. check. Um, yeah. I am I am very much pro mind uploading, and I do think it's possible to make copies of yourself. But that's that's a topic for another time. Um, yeah. And it, it's a fun now, topic. I mean, it's fun to talk about, but it's just it should it, it should occupy the leisure part of your life. You know, tell you what, and tell realize you what, that you're you're playing Dungeons and Dragons basically. <laughs> that's a that's a good uh, analogy. I'll tell you what. Like a hundred years later, if uh, if we get all this shit sorted out and we're still alive, we'll go to fucking. We'll, we'll we'll debate it over McDonald's and strippers. <laughs> no one virtually on Count me out. Count me out. That's too degenerate. No, no McDonald's. No strippers for me. Uh, nothing. No. <laughs> it was really good talking to you guys. Uh, oh, Aubrey has a great take on it. Listen, even he is working in the best field in the world. There is no better field, and it, if it works, it has the most impact of anything that has ever made impact. So that's a great feeling no matter what. You could also look at it the way Elon Musk did. You know, he got his money from PayPal and then he said, all right, what am I going to do with it? Well, what matters? All right, well, let's work on this climate change stuff, make an electric car company, and then let's, let's colonize Mars because do we really want to be a species that only exists on a single planet? Grandiose, okay. And so he did those two things. Both were very likely to 100% fail. They were the two hardest businesses you could possibly have started truly oh you're going to compete with mcdonald douglas and uh and fucking rocket companies that have government contracts you're going to just kind of compete with the military industrial complex okay that shit ain't never going to work oh and you want to make rockets that land themselves no rockets ever done that before so you're going to do something that's impossible and compete against people that are impossible you're going to do impossible squared but it was so important that he did it anyway and it worked the same with tesla Name one successful car manufacturer that's been started in the United States in the last hundred years. Well, Tesla. Just Tesla. That's it. That's the only one. So he did two things that were very, 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 very likely to fail and have horrible risk-adjusted returns because of that. The risk-adjusted returns on those two businesses are fucking horrible. And they both almost completely failed and ran out of money. They, they were down to the last rocket launch and they would have run out of money. If it didn't work right then, there would be no SpaceX today. And he was also, you know, within minutes of being bankrupt in, uh, in Tesla as well. And then the funding round came in just in the right second. December 2008. So, yeah, right before Christmas. Yeah. So, you know, even though those things were the horrible risk-adjusted returns and the most likely to fail things, they were so important that he did them anyway. 
And that's what pot odds is like. You're like, yeah, you know, I might not have the best hand, but there's so much money at the pot that it's worth paying to find out whether I could still win it because it's plus EV. It's like the expected value is, is positive. The payoff for trying to save your own ass in your life is that you'll get to live a longer, healthier, happier life with the realization that you worked on the best thing that could be worked on. And that's worth a lot, I think. Well said, Richard. And that's what's driving me to work every single day so hard on this. Like I work like 14-hour days and I have a five-month, almost six-month-year-old kid and a wife, so I take care of them. But when I'm not doing that, I'm working on this. And I know that Richard and Rowan and Max are working like basically full-time. Excuse me, I know that Alex is um, going to school and also working and running Transhumania YouTube channel and then now working with us is kind of like his fourth priority, which should be his fourth priority. Those those three should be first, but they're all devoted to rejuvenation technology, longevity, and he's already made such a big impact at such a young age, and I know that we will. And, and just one final note on the Tesla thing, Richard, uh, not even just climate change, even if you don't believe in climate change, just sure. sustainable energy is what Tesla yep. is working on, which is super important for people to understand. It's We can't just, we're going to run out of oil eventually, regardless yep. of how much there is. Like right now, mm-hmm. we're going to run out eventually. So we have to create sustainable energy. That's why I'm also a Tesla investor and follow that news closely. So And, and, and you know, people get fucked up in car accidents all the time. So making the world's safest car that's ever existed, pretty badass, right. pretty badass. Those self-driving cars could save the life of the scientist who cures aging. Or Hitler. Hitler, too. (laughs) Or Hitler. (laughs) Kim Jong-un was dead three days ago, and now he's alive. Oh, man. It was good talking to you. Max, final thoughts real quick. We haven't heard from you in a while. Final thoughts, Max. Yeah, just uh, to caveat on everybody else, just focus on, you know, everybody can make an impact uh, and, and just focus on what's more what's most important. And, you know, I hope everybody understands that aging is, is the number one most important thing that we should tackle. That is more important, you know, cancer, heart disease, everything else are just caveats and uh, because of aging. So if we conquer the root cause, that's the most important thing. Uh, and you know, I'll just end it with an example that I give to my friends. Um, you know, if you have a hole in the boat and it's, there's water gushing through and you're sinking, you don't just pour, pour the water out of the boat. You have to fi- fix the hole first off, right? Cause if you don't fix the hole, there's going to continue to be more water coming. And there's, if you fix cancer, you're just going to die of heart disease. You fix heart disease. You're going to die of, you know, Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or, you know, the, the key thing is aging and if we can tackle that and we can focus on that and focus our time on that we can make big strides and uh and find a cure so and and we're we're all here very confident with that if we if we focus on that so thank you so much uh, richard for coming my pleasure guys yeah thank you thanks richard it's good talking to you guys keep up the good work thanks richard we appreciate it you too ciao ciao